Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Recorded live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show tonight. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Fran the Sage Poet. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show tonight. This is episode 73, ladies and gentlemen, and we are in for a treat. We have here on the panel, he's coming to us live from the West Coast, none other than a fellow artist, which I am so proud to say is truly a brother and a friend, master artist Isaiah Ikesteli. And I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, if you've never heard any of his poetry or music or artistry, if you've never been exposed to him, well, you're going to get fully exposed tonight because we're going to go in deep. We're going to ask plenty of good questions, and I guarantee you will enjoy what you're going to hear. You're going to learn something more than what you already know about art and the literary art. For truly, if you are a poet, journalist, if you are a scribe, and it doesn't matter whether you're a beginner, intermediate, or expert, 
You are born to create art. You are a literary artist. And some of us are hybrid. Some of us are not just page poets per se, but we're stage poets, meaning we will conquer and perform on the stage. Yes. So for those out there tonight who are troubled because you're not sure what to call yourself because sometimes you like to be that page poet and just write it out and just write it on paper or type it out and save it. And then other times you want to get out there on that stage and grab that mic with a vengeance and with strong conviction you want to let somebody know something. Something that's on your mind and your heart, something that's profound, something that's meaningful. And for those of you who were tuning in, that was Lauren Hill that you heard music from at the very beginning of the show. And that piece by her is entitled, I Gotta Find Peace of Mind. And I just want to say tonight, if anyone out there is troubled in their mind, listen. It's time to find your peace of mind. Sometimes it's just as simple as saying a prayer from your heart. Sometimes it's just as simple as shedding a tear and letting all of the negative emotions roll away as that tear falls from your face. Sometimes it's as simple as just going out in the midst of nature and embracing the beauty and and acknowledging the creator as being the artist who made all of what you see glorious and beautiful for your eyes to behold. Sometimes it's just that simple, ladies and gentlemen. So take out the time to power up. For some of you, it's prayer. For some of you, it's singing a song, singing a song that's within your heart or a song that's just coming from your soul, a song of thanksgiving, a song of appreciation, gratitude, letting your maker know you're grateful, and also a song that pays tribute. That song, I Gotta Find Peace of Mind, Lauren Hill wrote it and dedicated it to the loving memory of the late, great Nina Simone, who was an inspiration to her. So sometimes it's about paying tribute, letting those who have inspired you know that you appreciate that inspiration that they gave you. And it doesn't matter whether they are deceased per se, meaning they are no longer in this form, but they've transitioned to the next. Acknowledgement can be paid past, present, or future, whether they be in a physical body or they be a spirit. The acknowledgement does matter, ladies and gentlemen. And sometimes... It's in that acknowledgement that you get that special 
touch and endowment from the Most High because you are saying thank you when you pay tribute. So let us not forget those who are the legends. Yes, the legendary artists because truly they have given us much to consider. And because of the tokens that they have left for us, we have inspiration and motivation to be creative and inventive and to allow ingenuity to flow freely through us. And with that being said, I'm going to roll the red carpet and welcome to the spotlight. Yes, the hot seat. <laughs> Our feature artist. For this evening, Master Artist Isaiah Ike Staley. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I tell you, I'm I'm glad that we were able to establish this interview for tonight because it's timely. I really feel that you have a message for us this evening and for every artist. It doesn't matter what level of artistry they perform on, whether they be a beginner or an expert. I believe that you're going to reach every artist at whatever level they're on tonight. And for those that just need that added inspiration because they should be advancing forward and elevating to the next level, I'm sure that you have a message for them tonight. And I just want you to know that you are free. You're free to perform spoken word, um, if you would like to do solo, if you would like to play an instrument, because I know you do all of that. <laughs> That's why I said master artist. You have mastered art in various forms. Um, just know that you are welcome. You are welcome. The stage is made ready. Uh, and each and every one of us as listeners, we are prepared to learn from you tonight. So, I want to remind everyone out there, if you don't have your pen, pencils, your scratch pad, your, um, let's see, your um, uh, scratch pad, scribble board, <laughs> there's so many names you can call it, your tablets, <laughs> whatever you use as your means for writing and taking down notes, I'm going to ask you at this time to please get it, go for it grab hold to it because you're going to hear something. Something's going to be said. Something's going to be imparted to you tonight during this interview that you're going to find is so profound because truly we are blessed here on this platform. We have a master feature artist who is humble and he is very open and he does not mind sharing the wisdom that he has uh, been blessed to obtain. So I'm going to start off. Uh, we do have several callers in the caller's queue. And I'm going to start off with the first question, and then we're going to go to Dr. Sharonda, and then we're going to go to our caller from Delaware, and then we're going to go to our caller from Southwest Ohio. So I'm going to begin with the questions and asking you, uh, Master Artist Isaiah, when did you first know that you were an artist, and what was the first art form that you began to develop 
your gift as an artisan? Um, I remember at the age of 10, I started writing poems. Hmm. And from then on, it just blossomed. It just kept growing and growing. And eventually, it, it blossomed into what I am today. You know, it was something that, for some reason, words has always been something that was uh, appealing to me. My mm-hmm. mother was a who always said, I don't care if you don't have homework, always bring home a book. Okay. So it was like, you know, me and my brothers, we we come home and, you know, we play this game, like, with the books and everything. And words just, just appealed to me. But then I started writing poems, and, and it just it just evolved from there. Mm. Excellent. The age of 10, I tell you. You're not the first artist that came on the show that I asked that question to that said the age of 10. There's something about that number. Um, Now I'm going to ask you, after your discovery of your passion uh, to write poetry, uh, did you find yourself inclined to um, maybe entering a poetry contest doing a talent show and reciting a, a, a maybe a poem by a fa- famous poet, what was your first stage experience like? My first stage experience as far as doing poetry, I was uh, visiting some people in North uh, Carolina. Hmm. And I was passing, uh, we were passing a, uh, a building that said uh, uh, open mic night for poetry. And okay. This was actually my first time being on stage doing poetry. I've been on stage many a time doing music and everything, but it's my first time actually being on stage doing poetry. And mm-hmm. I got I got on stage. I wrote a uh, a poetry. A, I wrote a poem for my mother who uh, was murdered, and uh, I did that poem and I did uh, another one called "A Walk Amongst the Graves," and mm-hmm. I, I actually got an ovation for it. And it's just it, it just blew my mind. You know, I didn't mm. think that I could just really touch people like that. But when I saw when I when I saw the reaction of other people, it just motivated me to just shoot for it even more. Okay, all right. Now that's that's a true artist that's built for the stage. When your audience shows you love and that just pumps you up, you know you belong there. <laughs> definitely, definitely, it was like I just. That's the place I wanted to be from then on. Mm. You know, it, it was like the stage was calling me. I knew that that was my calling at that point. That you know, I can actually speak something and touch some people and change some lives and you know, make some people happy and and you know, it works for me. Wonderful, wonderful. I, I I'm I'm very very excited just with um, hearing from you. Um, you know, there was there was a saying that was very popular in in some decades ago, A Star is Born. And I believe when we acknowledge that inner light within us and we gravitate to doing whatever that inner light in us is placed there to birth in us, that's when a star is born, that light Burst. It, it, it's a starburst reaction, and that positive energy flows, and that it's like we become alive. Exactly. You know, and 
hearing how you said you you were quickened, you had an awakening experience when you heard that audience express their love for what you demonstrated, how it woke up that artist inside of you to the acknowledgement that this is what you you're here for. This is what you've been gifted to do. Just do it. It's like a mission. Do you feel that this is your mission? I feel I do. I feel that this, this is my calling. I feel like what I was placed here to do. You know, it's, 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 music and poetry is just has always been a part of me. And and once I realized how 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 much of a part of me it was, I realized that this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, and that's that's nothing else for me but this. Hmm. Awesome, awesome. Well, I want to thank you for being as kind to answer my questions. For now, what I'm going to do now is be courteous and share the mic. I'm going to pass the mic to Dr. Sharonda because I'm sure she has some questions or maybe some remarks that she would like to direct to you. Welcome, Dr. Sharonda. The mic is in your hands. All right. So uh, so, um, did I hear you? You said um, you're... Your mother got murdered? Yes, actually, both my parents were murdered. Uh, my father was murdered when I was 11 years old. And exactly 11 years later, my mother was murdered in a uh, uh, murder suicide. My younger brother and uh, father killed her and he committed suicide. Oh. Yeah. You say your brother did? My youngest brother? Uh huh. Uh, my, my baby brother. He was four at the time when it happened. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he he basically saw the whole thing. Oh, mm. yeah. Wow. So, um, have writing been you know that tool to to get you over that um, a lot of like your hurt and and grief? Yeah, it's definitely been my therapy. So has the music. I mean, because I can go I can go into the booth and just let go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I can go in the booth and just do whatever I do, the way I do, I do it. And, and and I can express my feelings, my pain, my anger. Whatever it is I need to get rid of in the booth, I can do it. On on paper, if it helps me, it's my therapy. So it's definitely my therapy. Okay. Hmm. Wow, I tell you. Thank you, Dr. Sharonda. Do you have any more questions for artist Isaiah, or if you have any remarks, the mic is still in your hand. Yeah, I, I just want to commend you because um, you can, your, your spirit, you can tell that you don't harbor any um, ill feelings and stuff like that, and that's really hard to do, you know, especially in today's age and stuff. But So I commend you, my brother. Keep up Thank the you. wonderful work. I, I did that for so many years. For a lot of years, I blamed myself uh-huh. because uh, I was uh, actually incarcerated. And uh, the day before I got out, I called my mother and said that, you know, I'm coming to see you because I knew she was having some problems. But I didn't go see her when I got out. I went to, she's my ex-wife now, but. I went to my, my wife's house, who wasn't married at the time, and the very next morning it happened. So I blamed wow. myself for years for that, you know what I mean? But when I finally realized that it wasn't my fault, that, you know, I, there was nothing I could do, mm. then 
then I start to let it go. Mm. Okay. Wow. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Mm, I tell you. Um, it looks like we had a disconnect. Um, Master Artist Isaiah will be calling us back. And in the meantime, uh, Dr. Sharonda, what I'll do is open the floor for you to advertise about your what you do, uh, share with the listening audience how they can become acquainted with your published book, which is currently available for yes. purchase, and the mic is in your hands to do that. Okay, so, yeah, um, I'm launching a, a new product line called The Healing Movement. So that's anything that heals the mind, body, and soul. So I sell jewelry and African um, greeting cards, and I, I sell neck wraps where you put in a microwave and um, they herbal neck wraps. So, like, if you have a stiff neck and different things like that, the face pillows for your sinuses, I have sage, I have... Um, mm. Incense and incense burners, and just a, a lot of different things that that really has a, a part to do with healing. So, and my T-shirts and and everything, and I'm actually officially launching my line on September the 25th, which is my 45th birthday. So that will be the mm. the the birth of the healing movement as well as Sharonda. So um, I'm really yes. excited about that. It's been a journey. <laughs> wow. And it's amazing you said that'll be your 45th birthday because I just turned 44 yesterday. Oh, okay. okay. Oh. oh my! We're in the well, double birthday. digits and the yeah. double double numbers. Yeah. Happy double birthday. blessings. All yeah. right. Yep. So. Um, I just look at, you know, like time really does fly. I I mean, I just look at now, my daughter just turned 21, and I can just remember like it was yesterday going to the, <laughs> just going for a checkup and coming out with a baby. So, I mean. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> you and me both is crazy because my son just turned 20. <laughs> Okay. Mm. <laughs> yeah. This July, this past July 18th, he just turned 20. Oh, my daughter's is August the 17th. <laughs> oh, wow. That's great. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And I, th- I thought I was through raising kids, and I get my, my three nieces, um, three, five, and eight. Mm. Wow. Yeah, so... Um, and I'm I'm trying to get custody of them, and they keep saying, well, re- reunification with the parents. I said, yeah, that's all fine and good, but if it's not going to work, you all call yourself child protection. How exactly is you protecting the child if you're putting them back in an environment that's mm-hmm. not healthy for them? Exactly. That's right. You know? And so that's that's been my, you know, that's been my fight and my battle because I told her, I say, listen, you know, this is something that the creators put on my spirit because I I told them I'll be 45. You think I got a desire to start all over again? I had <laughs> one child for a reason. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> mm. <laughs> I had one child for a reason. It, it, that was like making sure. I was like, oh, no, I'm not doing this again. And it's, it has nothing to do with my child. It has to do with the father, you know, so. That's my whole thing, and I, and if 
I can, you know, if it's been put on my spirit, that's something that I have to follow because there's no way in the world I can go against what God is telling me to do. Exactly. Okay. I heard that. He's not going. He's not going to put you in this fight for you to lose it. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. You're going to go through some trials with it, of course. You know, but oh, yeah. gonna, you're going to get those kids. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I, I totally agree with it, that. Yeah, yeah, I feel it too. Yeah, especially see my eight-year-old. He she has cerebral palsy, and um, she's really been through a lot, and she has a lot of um, she has a lot of diagnoses. One of them is post-traumatic stress disorder. She has mm-hmm. oppositional defiance, and you know, and so the mom okay. is just not equipped, you know, right. to take care of her properly, because it's a hard job. It's, I mean, mm-hmm. it's no walk in the park. It ain't no need to sit up there and, and sugarcoat it or anything. It's hard. Parenting mm-hmm. is hard, period. But this is extra, you know. Yeah. And so I just want to make sure that this baby enjoys her life. You know what I'm saying? So I, that is Plus, what I'm going wonderful. to do. Mm-hmm. Outstanding, Dr. Sharonda. And I'm hearing music. Is that coming from uh, Master Artist Isaiah? No, it's not. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> not me either. Yeah, not I heard me. it earlier, and I said, <laughs> I wonder, is that him giving us a little music interlude in between, you know, ad-libs? <laughs> hey, whoever it is. They're doing it at the right time. <laughs> Sounds good. Brother Greg from Delaware. Right? That's who it is, Brother Greg from Delaware. Hello, everyone. Oh, hey. Brother, oh, Brother Greg. Yes, Greg Austin. We got a master artist who is a guitarist on the I'm line, sure. ladies and gentlemen. We're definitely going to hear from him. And, and you're the caller from Delaware, correct? Yes, I am. I thought it was Okay, you. the mic is now in your hands. And Dr. Sharonda, thank you. We will come back to you, of course. All right. Okay. Welcome, uh, Brother Greg Austin. Uh, thank you, friend. I'm sorry. I, I just realized I was unmuted and I was uh, <laughs> as I was listening. <laughs> hey, it sounded good. I said, I got to put whoever that is, I got to put them on notice and let them know I'm hearing you and it's sounding kind of good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, of course, we have a master artist um, on our stage tonight coming all the way from the West Coast. He has his own uh, entertainment productions known as Collie Blue Entertainment. And um, if you have any questions you want to direct to him or maybe just some uh, words of encouragement or some commentary and remarks, the mic is in your hands, Mr. Greg Austin. Another well, master I, artist, ladies and gentlemen, and you are free to direct whatever you have to say to the artist in the spotlight. Thank you. Well, please forgive me. I didn't catch your brother's name. Can you please repeat your name for me? Yes. Um, Isaiah Ike Staley. All right. Great job. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sitting here listening, and, and, and all kinds, a myriad of things are going through my brain. Um as I started as an artist as a youngster also, and mm-hmm. I've read and heard that a lot of times we become artists because we're starved for attention because we've been um, neglected or, you know, disrespected as kids, and we just feel like, hey, the stage is a place where I can be myself. <laughs> and people, okay. And, and people will, you know, respect that. Mm. You know, me coming from from a broken home, 
and then ended up living with my stepfather. You know, it was it was kind of tough because he was he was very strict, mm-hmm. and I was like I was the only person in the house with my last name, and mm. so I felt that rejection because you know my brother and sister, my especially my brother from from my stepfather would always say, "You ain't really my my brother, no way." And since I didn't have that last name as everybody else in the house, you know, it was kind of rough. And wow. mm-hmm. I, I, I found that art was a place where, you know, I could go in my room and, okay, nobody here cares. I can do this, and this makes me happy. And it got to the point where, now, I, I, I did some acting. I don't know. I'm a, you know, they say there's four parts of, of hip-hop. Oh, okay. Um, I, was, I, was, uh, I was a DJ, but I was also, um, you know, graffiti artist. So... Um, <laughs> You know, That's I, I an interesting mix there. <laughs> well, you know, they, you know, they said there's four parts of hip hop: there's graffiti, there's you know, music, there's mm-hmm. rapping, there's the clothes. Well, yeah, you know, exactly. And, and me, it was graffiti and, and DJing. And I was a DJ, like you know, I'm a little bit older than you guys, so I was a DJ before it was before it was called disco. And okay. I was in a group that um, we had two turntables and a mic before rap started. You know. So I mean I'm 57 years old, so I'm talking about way back in the 70s when hip hop mm. wasn't even the only hip hop artist back then that we that we know of now and identify with was the Last Poets. Right. And, yes. And I was and I was listening to them and and we did our own little thing on top of our two turns to the tables and the mic. But the thing was, it at an early age I sang with the Philadelphia Boys Choir and I noticed that hey people like this mm. and that that gate made me feel better about who I was. Mm-hmm. You know, I was that kid on my block. We, you know, I, I grew up in a project, and then we moved to, you know, my mother remarried and moved to a nicer neighborhood. And the kids in the nicer neighborhood didn't understand where I came from. So I was that kid who would, you know, come outside, and nobody's outside. I knock on everybody's door and say, hey, come on outside, let's play. And they would say, well, who's out there? And I'd say, just me. Mm-hmm. they say, nah, that's okay. You know, so, so I had to learn how to, to enjoy myself. Okay. So I didn't wreck myself. You know <laughs> That's right. And and my and through art I found that place where, hey, you know, people like this. And mm. I, I put that on top of me and said, Well, if they like that then they like me And they were play, they were places where they were saying, Yeah, come out and do your thing and that made me feel better about who I was when I was getting re- rejected in my own home and on my own block. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So exactly. I think art is 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 like therapy, it's cathartic and it it can it can take you places and help you deal with stuff that, you know, regular, the regular world just can't can't do for you. So, and, and, and I'm sitting there listening to Isaac, I'm listening to your story, and I know how art can do that. And, I, and, and I'm seeing if you're doing all the stuff that you're doing now positively with your art, it's because it's, it's nothing else can fix that for you but that art. Nobody else can, nobody, you know, therapy, you can go to the doctor all you want, but when you get that adulation from the crowd, that makes you realize, <clears throat> hey, I don't have to put a bullet to my head. Because people love me, you know. Exactly. I don't have to feel bad. I don't have to feel bad about myself because people love me. Mm-hmm. Maybe they only love me for that fifteen minutes that I'm on the stage, but I can live with that. Right. You know? Yes. I can live with that. Fifteen minutes will last a lifetime, though. You know, if that fifteen minutes can make you feel different for a lifetime. You exactly. know. It's like for me, um, being able to use words and not physically. Doing anything to somebody is powerful to me. Cause I right. came, I came up in the, you know, the gang banging area. You know, I did that too. You know, I did all the foolish things, but 
when you can actually say something to somebody and those words move them right. in such a way to where they remember you or they remember that certain thing that you said, it's, 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 it's just a super uh, powerful to me. I just love that feeling. Well, um, you don't know me, but Fran, Fran knows my story. Um, I am, I'm a born-again Christian. I do a radio show, and my radio show is called Insight for Inmates. But my, my section of the show is geared towards encouraging the caretakers of children whose parents are incarcerated to make sure children don't follow their parents. Yeah. 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 Well, just think about it like this. The, the recidivism rate is 85%. That's hard to fight. So I say, let's not go the first time so you don't, mm. you don't go back the second time. So, right. And it's a, it's a natural thing for a kid to want to be like their parents, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but, so we got to teach them there's another way. And, and like, so I, I've taught hip-hop production classes and stuff like that, the school district, just trying to get folks, kids to see there's, another, there's other stuff out there to do. You don't have to live like that. You don't have to go there. I know, I know your family is there, you know, and, and, and all that, but you know, that's not what God meant for us. God never meant for us to live in a six-by-six. Six. Yes, exactly. exactly. That was never his plan. So, and like I said, I'm 57 years old, and I worked with middle school kids for a couple of years and high school kids. You know, it's a lot of living between 17 and 57. It's a whole lot of <laughs> That's living. right. You know, so a lot of years, kids, right? <laughs> so when I see a kid that doesn't understand that, you know, I'm, it, it breaks my heart. I'm like, listen, son, there's a whole lot out there. You don't have to do this. And through the arts, you know, like I said, I, I taught guitar lessons and I taught hip-hop classes to kids trying to get them to see, hey, I know you're in pain, but this this could be your ticket. You know, and if nothing else, it can take your mind and take you away from Because I remember me, when I first started playing guitar, like, like, you, like you said, you grew up in the gangs in, in uh, L.A., I grew up in the gangs in Philadelphia, and if you were in this in Philadelphia in the seventies, you know. I remember them saying on the news this year we only had we only had four hundred gang killings this year. Hmm. Only four hundred. That was that was news. You know what I'm saying? So and and for me and for us, my generation, we had the gangs that were killing kids, and we knew if we survived that, well, we were probably gonna go to Vietnam. We were gonna get killed too if we survived yeah. that. Yeah. So it, it was kind of hopeless. Yeah, unless you found something to hold on to. And like I said, my art, you know, let me escape from the thoughts of, hey, this could be my last day. You know, I'm going the same guy that asked me to borrow a pencil in school is going to try to stab me after school. Mm. That's the same guy. You know, we were in class together, sitting next to each other. He, I, I borrowed a race from him after school. I'm in the clang, and he's in the bill. You know, he's trying to kill me. You know, so how do I deal with every day and not say I give up? My art took me away from that. I had a cousin who was 11 years old with me, and he um, was, a, was a guitar player. So I went, he, he moved to our neighborhood. I, I used to walk into his house, and it got me in a guitar. And it showed me, hey, you know, it's a whole other world out here. It's, it was a whole bunch of brothers that were musicians. Uh, and for me, it was really uh, special because Frankie Beverly was there. It was um, T-Life who um, did the uh, song, the album for Ellen Champagne King. All these guys were hanging around there, and it showed me, hey, you know, this I could do something with this, you know. I, I could, it, it could be something. And that art, like I say, is a ticket to show you that there's another world out there. And if nothing else, even if you're not a professional, it's great therapy. Mm, I agree you, with that. So, 
And, and, I, and I'm sure we've all sat down after a hard day and said, you know, I don't want to see no TV, I don't want to talk to nobody, and went into the lab and did our thing and came out feeling much better. Yeah, exactly. I do it all the time. You know, so so I, I applaud you, and I want to encourage you. I, I know you said you, you're 44, but just to me that's a young brother, and I, and I just want to encourage you, brother. You know, keep on keeping on. And I'm going to I'm I'm give it up right here. I don't want to hog everybody's time, but I just want to, you know, let you know that I, I, I applaud you, and I, and I just want you to keep on keeping on, son. I appreciate it, and thank you, my brother. I truly appreciate that. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, uh, Greg Austin, ladies and gentlemen. As I said, he is, he is an awesome artist, a guitarist, and so much more. He writes poetry as well, and he's a story writer. As well, he has a book that he's in process of getting published. Uh, Greg, could you share with the listeners a little information about your book that will be published soon? Well, right now, I, I just put one short story on um, on uh, Amazon. So if it's a Kindle, it's on, if you have Kindle, you can get it there. Um, mm-hmm. And the story is a cross between The Ugly Duckling and Alice in Wonderland. So, oh, okay. Uh, it, it's fantasy, but at the same token, it's about, you know, think about the ugly duckling. It's finding out, it's, it's, an, it's an awakening, it's a story about awakening. You know, uh, again, I, and um, what happened was I was driving through uh, Cape May County in New Jersey on the way to the shore, and I saw this um, empty lot with three doors planted in the field. Just mm. three doors, no door jam, no building, no nothing, just three doors. Mm. And... Um, I was driving, and my wife was asleep, so I was like, what are those doors doing there? I went back and took a picture of it, and as I was driving to the shore, I was just thinking, I wonder what, what are those doors doing there? And I extrapolated one thing to another. Next thing I know, I have my story. So mm. uh, I wrote the story, and, uh, and a few people have asked me, where's the next chapter? Because they, they want to see what happens next. So right. to keep on going. But it's, only on, it's on Amazon. If you have a Kindle, it's on there. And I guess if you have the Amazon app, whatever, the Kindle app, you can get it on there for free, whatever. But it's available on Amazon. It's called um, uh, uh, The Choice. One Choice. One Choice. Awesome. Okay. But I'm also writing, you know, I was in the military for a couple years, so I'm writing a book called, well, I'm working on a story called The Black Coast. Because when I was in the Coast Guard, I was only 14%, I mean, 7% black. Mm -hmm. So. I'm writing a story about some of the things that I went through when I was in the Coast Guard. And I also, mm. I'm, working, I'm one of those guys that can't get one thing done at a time. So I got that going on. I'm writing okay. a story about growing up in, um, in the projects in West Philly and moving up to the suburbs, which was, was West Oak Lane now, but back then that was the suburbs compared to the project. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and then um, the cousin I told you about who was like the older brother I never had, he passed away from um, uh, liver cancer um, in 2012. Oh, wow. And um, he's only 11 years older than me, but his daughter is... Oh, my so daughter. rest in peace. Mm. So I, I sat with her, um, and I sat with her the other day for the first time since the funeral, and um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that I know about her dad that she doesn't know. So I'm writing a short story about my cousin, it's called My Cousin Billy. And just okay. Tell- he was a true character. You know what I'm saying? You know, some people just, just every place they go, if, if people know him, they like, that dude is something else. And that was <laughs> right. You know, he was a character. So mm. I'm going to give a short story for her. 
I, I probably will polish it, but I, I just want to, you know, so she can know who her dad was. Okay. Awesome. Wow. Wonderful. Wow. Yes, indeed. That's a, a tribute definitely. to her father. I definitely awesome. enjoy that. I think that's going to touch her in a way that she probably hasn't been touched before. Right. Well, well I was telling her, there's just a few stories I was telling the other day. She said, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I'm like, yeah, you know. This guy was, I think he was a guitar player. He was a great guitar player, but he also was a martial artist and a boxer. And mm. he was a third-degree third uh, black belt in Taekwondo. But he had more boxing trophies than he had karate trophies. Mm. <laughs> and, his, and his daughter didn't know that he ever boxed. She saw wow. him right, but she didn't know he boxed. And I'm mm. like, yeah, he's a pretty good boxer, too. And, um, you know, so it's, I, I think it's going to be a nice story for her and her daughter. Her, you know, yeah. her granddaughter, his, his granddaughter is only 13. So, mm. you know, I, I think it's going, to be a nice, it's going to be a nice little thing for them so they can know who he was. And I think yes, I indeed. Like my, I, I have a my mother's cold, oldest cousin died two years ago. She was 109 years old. Wow. Nobody, nobody sat down and got those stories from her. You know, she knows she saw so much stuff, and I think we need to sit back and maybe think about that. Maybe write down stuff about folks that we know for, mm-hmm. for you know, for for posterity's sake, just for family's sake. I agree with that. Yes, indeed. My dad, you know, my grandfather is. Uh, was came here from British Guiana back in the 20s. I know mm. nothing about that side of the family because he had one brother up in New York, and mm-hmm. that brother died, and that brother had one daughter. Oh, and my. After her, my grandfather died when I was nine. He had two children, and both of them are dead. So, you know, mm. I can't find So I know my grandfather came from British Guiana, and, Bar, and he, but he was born in Barbados. But other than mm-hmm. that, I can't find, in, you know, anything about, you know, that that family from back then. So it is important to me to write this down for her. And yes. I, yes, and indeed. Our, we can use our art in lots of ways to help mm-hmm. people. And that's the ways that I would ask if you know somebody that's a character or, or you know, just just a person that you love and feel that when you know about know enough about them, put them on paper for somebody. Mm-hmm. I yeah, agree I, with that. Definitely, definitely. I agree with that also. He has to write things down. And I remember years ago, um, uh, going back to, like, my grandparents' era, uh, they would write down in the Bible the genealogy. There was this section in the very beginning, and that served as the family record of who was born to who, and, and, and it just turned out so many people, and they would pass that Bible down from one right. generation to the next, and that's how the history of who your great, 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 grandparents were and who married who and who were their children and and so forth that's how that information stayed within the family and and it never was lost and you know we got to get back to those ways of just recording our history and now we have ancestry.com of course which a lot of us are resorting to using <laughs> to help us but the thing about Amazon.com yes. is that you don't get the true instant stuff. You know what I mean? You That's don't get, true. That is true. Yeah, you get, you get, you know, where they worked at and where they lived at, but you don't get the true intimate stuff, like who yes. was You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. So, so the stuff, like the stuff I'm writing about my cousin Billy, that's nowhere written. That's not written down nowhere. Right, yeah. exactly. You know, nobody, nobody can tell you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
unless they knew him. Mm-hmm. Now, my wife, my wife's family, since 1978, every year they do a family reunion. Okay. And they have a family historian who tells, you know, who tells where everybody came from and mm-hmm. the family tree. And I think that's awesome. Wonderful, wonderful, yeah, yes. You know, the kids think it's corny, but they don't understand. When they get older, you know, mm-hmm. that's who you, you know, where you came from is who you are. That's yeah. right. You know, that makes you who you are. So it's important to know who you are. I agree and with you know, that. You know what, you know, and we, don't, we don't figure that out until we get old. We're like, man, I wish I, you know, wish I knew. Or, or mm-hmm. worse, oh, man, I married my cousin? What? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of that happening. Yes, indeed, it can happen. That's why family reunions are so important. Yeah, most definitely. Yes, indeed. Wonderful. I tell you, thank you, uh, Mr. Austin, and thank you, Ike Sully. Um, talking about art does that. It it brings out soul food. You know the the things we should be talking about and reminiscent of and things we should focus on, um, life, family, you know, all of those essential things about life. Um, And we have another caller from Southwest Ohio, and we're going to come back, uh, Mr. Austin, because I definitely would love for you to play some music um, uh, within the next half hour, but we'll get back to you soon. But we're going to go to our next caller. We have a caller from Southwest Ohio. Caller from Southwest Ohio, welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show. Please give your name and identify yourself. Thank you. Peace and blessing. This is Mr. Romeo DiNazzi. Oh, all right. Welcome, welcome. Artist, poet, Romeo. Yes, indeed. Well, um... I'm going to hand over the mic to you, and this is your opportunity to ask any questions you may have or to give remarks to the feature artist in the spotlight. He is the founder and producer of Collie Blue Entertainment on the West Coast in California, and you may now speak with him. Thank you. I want to say congratulations on on your feature. Peace and blessings to you. Um, I have a question, two questions. Um, my first question is, when dealing with your poetry, has there been any topic or subject that you've had difficulty writing about or um, one that, that that you're painting to get out but just trying to get through that barrier? You know, it, it was like that... Um like a while back, but um, it now it's, it's gotten to the point for me to where it's I write the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, I, I let it come to me instead of me forcing it to come to me. I allow it to come to me, and whatever way it comes to me, that's what I present. You know what I mean? So I I, I try not to let things stop me from being able to write, and I, I went through that phase for a long time. I realized, you know, poetry is a part of you, you know, and it doesn't have to be forced. It doesn't have to be painful. Um, it doesn't have to be, always be angry. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, so once I started allowing it to come to me, as far as those barriers, they just kind of subsided, you know. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, my other questions are, um, I wanted to know a little bit more about your um, Cali Blue Entertainment Company and what exactly um, the type of talent you look for um, and what type of events you put on. Well, my label, Cali Blue Entertainment, um, first of all, it's, it's a, a family-based label. Um, it's my, my entire family is a part of my label, uh, from my nephews to my younger brother to my older brothers, um, my nieces, and everybody. I just try to keep it a family thing. Um, and we basically do hip-hop. You know, um, I'm trying. I, got a, uh, I just met a young lady. Well, she's a little older than me. She's not a young lady, but um, she wants to sing, and she has the phenomenal voice. So I'm going to start doing some work with her um, as far as R&B is concerned. Uh, okay. <laughs> now I'm on my way home. There's police everywhere out here for some reason. But, uh, yeah, um, so I'm trying to branch off into R&B, but I kind of want to do an R&B hip-hop thing, you know, okay. to kind of keep them both together. I don't want to kind of just go off in one direction because, mm. you know, Nowadays, you have to be open to everything, you know what I mean? And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep it hip-hop, but I'm also trying to gel, blend it with a little bit of blues and with a little bit of R&B. Okay. So that's basically what my label is. Um, we have, we, we fairly, we're still fairly a new label. We've probably yeah. been out probably about four months now. Okay. So, I mean, things is, is basically looking up. We've got a few deals on the table. I got, I got like maybe seven artists on my label as far as right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, hip-hop is the thing. Hip-hop is, is, is was basically my first love, you know, besides poetry. So, you know, it's something that I right. stick with. Okay. Appreciate your answer. You're welcome. Thank you, Romeo. And we will be back to... Romeo, because uh, we definitely want to hear some of his poetry tonight. So um, for now, we're we're departing and uh, going to our next caller. And we're going to, it looks like we have a caller from Philadelphia. That's where I'm from. That's where I am. So welcome, caller from Philadelphia. Caller from Philadelphia, welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show. Caller from Philadelphia, are you still there? I hope that ain't me. <laughs> okay, who and whom uh, do I have the pleasure of speaking with? Please identify yourself. Yeah, live from California, this is B. Kevin Smith. Oh, okay, B. Kevin Smith. You're Now you're calling from where? Live from Los Angeles. California. Live from Los Angeles, because I see Southern yeah, California yeah. showing up in yeah. in the caller queue. Well, welcome, yeah, welcome. Me. All right, we yeah, have yeah. another West Yeah, I'm a long way from Philly, though. Yeah, I'm a long way from Philly, though. <laughs> I guess the caller from Philly just wants to listen in. You know, sometimes people do not like to speak on the air, you know. Oh, they get a I little forgot. shy it's been a while since I, it's, it's been a while since I've been here. I forgot if you open up everybody. But um, I'm not shy to speak, mm-hmm. so uh, you know I was I, I I'm just dying to get on because I haven't been here in a while. So well, I'm glad to hear hear toes. you 
on the call again. It's always a pleasure. You have so much uh, insight as an artist, and, and you just have a very wealthy knowledge base. Um, I don't know how how much of the interview you've heard thus far, but if you have any questions or any comments or remarks that you'd like to direct to the feature artist, the mic is now in your hands to do so. Well, technically, I'm I, I'm just stepping in because I was, you know, it's it's early over here on the on, on the West Coast, so I was just stepping in and I had some time. You know, friend, I always support you. So on Tuesdays <laughs> when I have some time, you know, I definitely call in. I do apologize that I didn't, I wasn't able to hear, but a small portion oh, of no the, the last caller that was that was only about it. So, um, can I get like a a cliff note to what's the, what the topic? Sure. Is yes, you may. Um, basically, we had our feature artist, uh, Isaiah Ike Stelly, who is a master artist. He's an artist of various art forms. And um, he was sharing about how he got started with the label. Um, he does have his own company, which is uh, called Kali Blue Entertainment. And he was sharing how his uh, company got started. It, it is a family originated it originated as a family uh business and now of course the the company is beginning to expand and he said that he does not want to put the artistry produced by his entertainment company in a box he wants it to be always open to many possibilities so he said although hip hop pretty much is the uh popular uh theme of the music, the music also veers towards um, that form otherwise known as R&B. So he said he wants it to continue to, I guess, morph into various forms because he said you have to in order to be successful in the music and entertainment business. So that was what he was just spilling out on the ears of everyone. And I'm going to pass the mic to him. So he can fill you in a little more about his mission with Kali Blue Entertainment. Isaiah, the mic is in your hands. Okay, thank you, friend. You're yeah, welcome. Um, my label, I, I basically move, uh, uh, move is this. I mean, California, you know, we used to be uh, one of the hottest uh, states when it came to hip-hop. And eventually it just kind of slowly started to fall off a little bit. So our goal is, like, to bring hip-hop back to California, you know what I mean? And it's not just no gangster rap. I know everybody say, oh, well, California got all the gangster rap. No, it's not necessarily true. So what we're trying to do is we want to keep the hip-hop and we want to blend it with R&B, possibly some little blues, and we just want to make up a different sound. We want to do a different thing, you know what I mean? Because nowadays, if you look at if you listen to music nowadays, everybody's basically in a box. What I mean by that is that they label you. You're a trap rapper. Mm. You're, a, you're a gangster rapper. You're, a, you know, so that's, mm-hmm. that's the box that we don't want to be put in. We don't want you to say that we're just one genre because we're not. We want to be able to be put in all categories. But that's our goal. <laughs> well defined, oh, well explained. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely dig it. You know, um, there should be, we should go back to something that's known universal, like known universal as uh, mm-hmm. what hip-hop is back 
just like back in the day, you know, when we had exactly. house parties. Because we from the same place. So, you know, we had house parties, you feel me? Ain't nobody dancing yeah. like that no more. You feel me? That's oh, what, oh. What, what, when I think of hip-hop, that's what I think about the movies, like kids that play the house parties. Okay. You feel me? Right. And, mm-hmm. and all that. So all that, that's when real hip-hop was going mm-hmm. on. But, you know, it has gotten away from that with the emergence of gangster rap, mm-hmm. which is an assault on our community, but we just don't see it. We see it as innocent fun being had by kids. But the way it develops their mind is crazy because it goes on a, like a brainwashing from the mm-hmm. values that the parents have given to the instilled into the kids but slowly eked away by the music they continually put into their head. So it's subliminally, you know, altering our kids, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, maturity, their growth. You feel me? And I feel, I definitely feel that about bringing, you know, real heartfelt music. It's not hypnotism. It's actually music. You feel me? Music to meditate to, you feel what I'm saying? But you definitely got to leave it open. Yeah, you definitely got to leave it open for the kids to develop their own muse. Don't force yeah. them to like something. Yeah. Yeah. You feel me? A lot of, if you listen to, if you even listen to R&B nowadays, which I can't really say I consider it R&B because you don't have that, 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 when they, when they, when they sang R&B from back in the days, they sang it. Nowadays, you don't hear them singing it. They just, they doing a little auto-tune here and there, and it's not, it's not the, the, the R&B that I'm used to, you know? Okay. It's still it's still going on though. It's, it's still going still on out here. A lot of the old groups, you know, the old groups are getting right. back together. You know, you know what I'm saying. I just seen ABC, DVD, Boys and Men. They was all mm-hmm. back together. You feel what I'm saying? Right. So right. it's it's there, it's there, but it's for us to pick it back up because we dropped it as parents, as the, as, as the generation that gave birth and life to this next generation. We stopped listening to it. We buried it. Right. Once we bring mm-hmm. it back up. Once we bring mm-hmm. it big them 45s out Bearing and all the old it. stuff and just that. throw it back on there and bring yeah. it back out and introduce it to them like our parents used to do. We don't want to mm-hmm. be the old ones now being like, you know, this daddy, this music from daddy back in the day because we used to laugh at our parents. But we have yep. now yep. became that. And I tell mm-hmm. my boys the same analogy. I say, like, now going to the basketball court is when that old dude showed up with the short shorts and the high mm-hmm. two socks and y'all was laughing because he was mm-hmm. out of breath. That has mm-hmm. now become me. So I got to yeah. understand it. And I got to bring that music back, like, you know, New Edition and all that other stuff. Right. You feel me? I understand on the West Coast that we, I'm not really saying a lot of uh, uh, West Coast names and acts back then because the East Coast really had it, though. They had the, the, mm-hmm. the, the straight music. They had yeah. the music. The Temptations, Motown. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it, there's no, there's, the days when you came home from school and your mother was playing that while she was cooking or gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's like definitely. you want that. We want that back, but yeah, Marvin we, Gaye, want, we, we want to we want to enjoy <laughs> what they what they enjoy as well. You know what I mean? But they, they they don't know the history of the music nowadays. They really don't. That's true. That is the truth. I mean, you can ask somebody who who uh, uh, a star is uh, from R and B and hip hop, and they was just relevant five six years ago, and they still don't know who they are. And mm, that's just you know, I've had a lot of youngsters say, well, who is that? And I'm like, you don't know who this is? You know, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. That person's music is in that person's music. Right. That song right there. The I can tell right you where that came from. Part of that person's music in it. But they right. don't know that. Yeah, it's heavy. the truth. Mm-hmm. Everything nowadays seems, for the young kids, it's, 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 it's like it's just everything is new and it's hot and it's it's, but no, it's not. It's a repeat of what we've already done. That's right. It's recycled. Yeah. I'm just like and it's the same. You know, 
Ain't it the same conversation our kids had? I mean, our parents had with us the same conversation. It's the same music, but they ain't say that. Yeah. (laughs) They ain't say that on it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everything is recycled. I mean, if you notice, flat tops are coming back out. I mean, everything. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And they feel like that's something that they created. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. I have flat tops Mm -hmm. in eighth grade. I mean, you know. Wow, this (laughs) is not buried stuff. It's like right there. They like Will Smith. And you know about him in the first print? That's a high time fade right there. Yeah, we had that first. Our generation had that. We the ones that spawned that. Like real talk. <laughs> and it, and it's crazy because uh, about a year ago, I found one of my old high school pictures, and and I uh, ended up showing my son. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, "Wow, is that really you?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's me." You see the hot top fade and everything. Well, two weeks later, he had the same haircut. <laughs> so I mean, you know, it's nothing new. Yeah. Everything is just recycled. Yeah, I heard that. It's nothing agree. new. It's it's just recycled. So very but true. My, so very true. My, my biggest problem is the music nowadays. No sense to me. You know what I mean? It just there's there's nothing to 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 really get you to. If you if you think about okay, I I asked a a guy the other day who's also a rapper, um, and mm-hmm. the type of music he's doing, he's he's really stuck on trap. So I say, okay, well. <laughs> Wait, wait, is that a genre of music? They're supposed to be. I mean, that's that trap. they came up with. Yeah, they call it trap. You know, I don't, what I don't is that? It's just that yeah, all of you know. I know what it is, but what is that? Like seriously, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's like that's all this young kid wanted to do. So I say, well, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. What is actually are you trying to get out of this? Are you trying to have longevity, or are you just trying to get paid and just get you some money? And you know, he said, "No, I want to stick around like the old school." That you're not going to stick around like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you're not giving anybody something that they're going to be able to feel good about. You know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. not giving nobody, you're not giving nobody anything that they can say, "Okay, well, let's get on the dance floor with this one." You know what I mean? You're not giving anybody something that they can say, "Okay, I can relate to this song." You know what I'm saying? All you're talking about is drug dealing, wearing diamonds and gold, and a lot of people I know can't afford all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you're talking about all the, all, all the girls that you got. You know what I mean? A lot right. of people cannot relate to that. A lot of people are going through so many hard struggles that that's not even on their radar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like you have to, you, if, you, if you, I told them, if you're really looking to have longevity and stick around, you've got to change your whole attitude about music. And I right hear now, that. Honestly, but... All this but I feel oh, it's not going to happen. I, I'm kind of on the on the fence about that. Just to be honest, like real talk, just to be honest, if a person's goal was to talk about that and only know that they're going to last in the game two or three years and take the revenue and like invest in property and other businesses back into the hood, then I'm all for it because they are about exactly. I agree with that real that. stuff. You feel what I'm saying? They're about that real stuff about bringing the commerce back to their neighborhood. But, but if they're going to do that, okay, go ahead. But they're not. You know, full well, they're taking that music and taking that money and buying stuff. Exactly. Full, That's full what I'm say. They buy, the they're buying cars. They're buying but, they make it, take it to Jewel Rich. They're making take it to Jewel yeah. Rich. And, they yeah. they're making, they, and they're making um, the dominant, um, the dominant uh, society rich. But they're not taking. I just saw a thing with Master P today, interview with him, and I'm telling you, he had he did it right. His stuff. But I'm saying, but what I'm, my point is this: we 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 dropped the ball. We the ones that's supposed to teach them this. 
We're the generation that's fine. This generation, we're supposed to teach them. When you get your bread, you better you better not talk about buying a car before you got a house. Right. You need right. somewhere to park. We are supposed to teach them. Mm-hmm. That's so right. It's, it's our fault. But if you think about this, like generation this, is our fault. A lot of them has already done that because they bought a car and they're still at home with mama. <laughs> but that's it's our fault though. We it's a shame because it's our fault. They got the latest Jordan. They got the nice ride. Living home with mama with three baby mamas. Yes, exactly. That's cool. My son is and, twenty and, years and, old. He has his own house. He has his own job. He has his own car. And then rapping. You gave it right. Real talk. Good. Good. That's that's what I'm talking about. This is wholesome because this is real talk because this is what we're actually seeing in our neighborhoods, mm-hmm. in our community. And it, it, it's just not what it's supposed to be. I mean, I, yeah. I think about our ancestors and all that they suffered so that we could have the liberty that we have today to be able to go to a college or a trade school and then to be able to hold a job which within right. society and to have a respect respectable uh, profile and to give back as a community helper and a community leader and to see us not doing the Mm -hmm. things that we know to do. Um, I heard it chimed over and over again. We are supposed to teach them. Well, it's not that we're not teaching them, but some of them are not receptive to the teaching. You know, someone can, like the old saying, you can take a horse to the water, but you can't make them drink. And unfortunately, we're seeing in this day and time a generation of people whom do not adhere to the instructions from their elders. And that's why we're seeing the things that we're seeing today. It's not always that the parents aren't parenting well. I have met parents to whom I know were good parents to their children, but the children were not adhering to their parents. They were adhering to that voice out on the street, which Bye. was the wrong teaching, the the, the not uh, good leaders, the ones that lead, led them astray. So it's all about a choice, and I think that that was said um, uh, Greg Austin has a, a short story that's available on Kindle on Amazon.com entitled One Choice. And ultimately, it's all about one choice. Either you're going to live, you're going to choose, I'm going to live, or I'm going to die. And it's all based on our decisions we make every day. And we have to decide, I want better because better is for me. I think sometimes it's a it's a self-esteem factor. When you think low of yourself, that's where you go in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A low mentality or mindset is only going to attract low and base level things. So we got to raise the consciousness. It starts within each and every one, and then we can teach somebody else. I mean, it's hard for somebody to teach somebody if you ain't got your life together. Right. And right. this generation, they looking and they saying, "Wait a minute, you telling me that I need to do this and that, but I'm looking at you, and you ain't doing what you need to be doing." I so we got to keep that in mind too. I used to work for I worked for EMI Records, and we did Christian hip hop. 
and we have our, our music was produced by the same guys who produce the stuff for R&B artists. And I would call stores. They say, well, if, it ain't, if it's clean, we can't sell it. It won't sell if it's clean because all they want is dirty stuff. You know, mm. that's, that's being pimp. That's the industry. Exactly. If, if all I feed you is dog food, and if I make good dog food, you say, that's good dog food. <laughs> but you still eat dog food, fool. Exactly. So if they, make, if that, they go ahead and if they say dog food is what you need, and they only give you dog food when you see re- real human food, you ain't gonna want it. It's the yeah, same exactly. What's well, the same thing if you, if you continue to feed a dog human food, he ain't gonna want his dog food no more. Exactly. It's the mm. the whole thing. We are being pimped by over our own music. They see, take that's one music. reason. That's one reason why we decided to start our own label because it's the it's the industry that's controlling the music that you hear on the radio every day. Yep. You know. Mhm. So we decided, okay, well, we're going to start our own thing because then we can't be, as you said, pimped by anyone. You know what I mean? They tell you, okay, you made this song, but we're not going to put it out, and that could be yep. the hottest song going, and it could be something very positive that can help the world. But that, that's not what they want. They want what's going to bring in the revenue. And they ain't, they, their aim is, as, as like in, 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 in the older days when they had the R&B, the record label aim was the people, period. They didn't have no age bracket. They didn't, it was about the people. Let's get this, we'll get this out to the people. Now it's about the young people. Their, their minds, everything is about the young people. They're trying to influence them so that they can change the future in the way that they want to change the future. Here you go. Here's a, here's a question for you. Who's a better rapper? Common or Rick Ross? Common. No question is common. common. No Damn. question is common. Yeah, no question. Who makes more money? Who makes more money, though? Rick Ross. Rick Ross. <laughs> well, but but we're not taking into account all the poetry that Common spits on commercials. Now, when we sit down and watch oh, commercials right. and our kids are watching them, our kids are watching you guys say, that's Common, the rapper that's behind right. that beautiful poetry right. piece. Right. That's, 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 right. What I'm that's the angle I'm yeah. coming to coming Thanks from. Like, that even out. if you don't that's got marketing. nothing, even that's if you right. don't have nothing, even if you don't have nothing, you can teach your kids the significance of a black man being the voice behind that internationally run commercial and campaign. That's, true. that's cool, but I can say true. that when it comes that's to selling right. records, who sells more records and why? That's, That's because of the commercialism, the commercialism exactly. in the music. Then when so you hear them listening to it, when you hear them listening to it, it's up to you to tell them the commercial. This is why that's commercial. This is why common. This is why Talia Kweli, Yasin Bay. This is why they don't work. Because mm-hmm. it's been knowledge. That's, that's, it's up to us. That's what I'm talking about when it's up to us to teach the lesson yeah. behind that. We have to take advantage of those moments. Those are the teachable moments. We're accountable for that. Those are the teachable moments. And yet at the same time, we need to have our kids to start learning to start their own businesses, to do things for themselves. That way they won't be falling into these things that, that, that we don't want them to fall into. If, if we can get our kids to That's have our right. mindset that they need to have and they can become an executive at one of these labels, then we then we get somewhere. Because now we can have somebody in the offices that says, no, let's change this. That's you know true. I mean? That's true. We must raise their level of consciousness to the understanding which is appropriate, knowing that if they empower themselves and become the business owner, not the consumer, 
but mm-hmm. the one who's putting the product out there, the one that's the promoter, the one that's the uh, owner of the label, then you can impact change within your community. Exactly. That's what we must do. The same thing I told my son. You know, he went to school, he got his grades, and I I, I made sure he got his grades. But I also let him know, too, they don't teach you in school to become a business owner. They teach you in school to go to college to get your degree to become an employee for a nice company. That's true. You know, so I told that him, is the what mindset should be to what can I do to better myself as far as being being independent and being a business owner and, and, and you know, help us giving somebody else a job and, and, and whatnot. We can be in those same positions. We just, mm-hmm. have, to, we just have to set foot to do that. Well, That's like right. I, I don't like nothing stupid. I want no stupid friends. I don't want no stupid dogs. And I don't want no stupid money. I want my money to make money. So I just do that. So that's the, you know when I, when I was 24 years old I bought my first property it was a duplex two apartment I've had a bunch of them since then and now I pay back down still got that one that I bought back in 1982 no matter what I do when I get up in the morning somebody owes me some money mm. no matter yeah. what I do somebody owes me some money now my mm. thing is this as an artist we need to understand that I, I you know and I've said this on the show before if you don't take care of the business in the end you mm-hmm. it's exactly. We need to learn how to start taking care of the, our our own business. That's why right. I, my brother is a is a is a paralegal. So he does all the paperwork, and we see he sits me down. You know they got the crazy lingo in the paperwork, and you be like, what the heck is this? But right. I have someone that can, that sits me down, shows me all my paperwork, and tells me what what all the big words mean that I don't know. You know what I mean? And and so. From going from there, my son is sitting there with me. He's learning at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like I told him, I don't. Eventually, I want to just be able to just settle down and just kick back. And I'm going to leave this to you. So you know, I need you to be like a sponge, you know, and not SpongeBob. I need you to be like a sponge and soak this up right. and learn this, you know. And that's exactly what he's doing. Well, brother, I, I don't know if you're doing this or not, but if you are, I applaud you. If, you, if, you, if you're not, I, I ask that you consider it. Um, we had talked to, I was on the show before and um, hosted, well, I was um, the guest and we were talking about branding. And mm-hmm. here's the thing. The one thing about the business is that, that a lot of folks don't understand as artists is branding. Now, if you check out a rock group, a rock band will go on the road in a station wagon. You have four or five guys or, or, or people in a station wagon and they put everything down the middle. They don't, yeah. care, if they get paid, they don't care if they get paid off for the show. But they'll sell hats, T-shirts, T-rings, and mugs and scarves, all that stuff. And just through the sale of merchandise, they make money. So yeah. then they keep pouring off the merchandise money. So when the first album comes out, it ships gold because the best advertisement is them. And you wear, you bought the shirt, so you wearing the advertisement. So the day they exactly. ship, even if nobody's ever heard of them before, they already shipping gold. Merchandising is is a is a thing that we forget sometimes. We, you know, we, need, we just can't just sell your, your craft, but you have to sell your craft's craft. Right, 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 which is why I have my clothing line. Uh, it's basically called Anna's Up Next. Um, you know, Caddy Blue Tees, we have our clothing line as well. So I, I, I'm definitely feeling you on that one. Mm-hmm. Now, is it, the, is it the same name as the record label? No, my, my clothing line is called Anna's Up Next, but it's Cali Blue Tees. The record label is Cali Blue Entertainment. 
Yeah. Okay, so it is Collie Blue Tees for the yeah. shirt. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, so you're promoting that label, yes. So then yeah. I applaud. I applaud. Good job. Like I said, a lot of us forget about that stuff. We're we sitting there, we make a hot CD, and we're hoping that somebody signs us and gives us some money. No. Go make your own no. money because the industry has changed. The industry has changed. a lot of times, really in this game now, a lot of times with the music, you're not going to make, as they would say, a killing off the music. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Which is why Jay-Z didn't make a lot of money off the music. He made it off the entertainment, the the, mm-hmm. the, the, the label. He made it off the, the, the shoes and everything else that he's doing now. Right. And selling out concerts. What was it, the exactly. stadium in New York? Yeah, that's why he's selling out, because of what he, what the ground, the footwork that he put in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He the brand everywhere. Right, right. Everybody should put that branding out there. Everybody you know, you can't help but look at it. Everywhere you go, his brand is out there. And that's what I want here. You know, take care of the brand. Just don't just say, you know, the art is good. We need the art. But guess what? The art needs help. Put feet on the art by using by, by merchandise. Okay. I hear that. And I must that's applaud right. Collie Blue Entertainment. I'm looking now. I see this shirt. Um, it looks like, is that a bear, Paul? It's basically it's a bear or, it's a bear claw, claw bear's okay claw, the bear's paw and the face is inside the bear's paw. Okay, I see. How very innovative that is! Very innovative. And I love the uh, logo. Blood makes you related. Loyalty makes you family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have a lot of more designs coming out. We have. Uh, Actually, those the white T-shirts that you're looking at right now, Fran. We have the colored T-shirts coming out about two weeks. Okay. So yeah, we're we're definitely trying to move forward on it. I mean, you know, like you said, you have to brand, you have to do other things because the music is not going to just sell itself. You know what I mean? That's um, right. So I mean, we 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 we've been we just begun doing shows. We, we right now we got two shows under our belt. Um, we're working on a third show. Um, I'm also starting to write my book. Uh, poetry called The Heart of a Man. Um, okay. Um, I'm working on that as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that I'm doing that coincide with this, which is going, it's going to also have poetry about the music as well. Mm. Excellent. Well, we're definitely, we want to hear either some music or some poetry by you, and then we have some other poets that are waiting in line. We definitely want to hear some uh, poetry and artistry from them as well. So, Kali Blue, now we're going to turn the spotlight completely on you. Kali uh, Blue founder and producer, master artist Isaiah Ike Staley. And whatever you want to do first, if you want to do poetry first or if you want to do uh, sound, a sound track, um, you're welcome to play a soundtrack first or second, whatever order you would like to feature your artistry and uh, the platform is open for you to make that decision. And now it's showtime. Okay. Well, it's your moment. What I'm going to do for you guys is um, I'm going to do a little poetry for you. Um, okay. As far as the music is, um, I haven't made it home yet to get to my music yet. So I'm going to go okay. give you some poetry. Um, but you can find our music. We have two pages on SoundCloud called More Than Music Slash OC, 
and another one called Fam Life Movement. You can you can find all of our music on those two pages um, on SoundCloud. Um, and this first piece I'm gonna do for you is called Truth. Okay. Some people fail to understand there's a thin line between two truth and lies. And no matter how much you plead, there's no truth in lies. Let's be honest, our children are being euthanized. Weapons are being sprayed like roaches with a can of raid. Too many black folks live hopeless nowadays. They get molested by coaches. No wonder our children are dismayed, trying to get an education, yet being stalked by predators. So when they become older, their minds become delusional, so they pop sedatives. The only way to get peace is to pack a peace. That's how some people feel. Hell, that's how some people live. But, that's, but let's not forget those that tell the same lies like you believe that. Suffocate you like you need that. Pollute your breeze like breathe that. See, you never realize how good the water is until you thirst for it. It feels good to get something free. It feels better when you work for it. We take, we take a lot of things for granted while other people hurt for it. If you want trust that your lies are true, all you got to do is work for it. Mm. That's a powerful piece right there. What inspired you to write that? I was going or who? Through a, <laughs> I was going through a situation with an ex, and uh, I kept catching her in these lies, and 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 it was like you know I see right through you, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it was like she just plead and plead. No, it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. And it's like. You see that it, you know it's a lie. You know what I mean? It's like it, it got to a point where it just I just had to go my way and she had to go hers, but that's the point that I got out of that. Okay. Well, I must say, um, I like the flow. It had uh, like a, I would say, a um, up-tempo flow to it. I could feel the emotion, a lot of emotion. Um, with that piece, and I appreciate you giving us background, letting us know the storyline, how it came about, and um, uh, how long ago was that piece written? Was that something uh, written several years ago? Was that something uh, written most current? That was written, I would say, about 10, 11 years ago. My wife and I have been together eight years now, so yes. Yeah, oh, okay, that was before. Yeah. yeah. Mhm. Okay. Um, did you find when you wrote that piece that it helped you to bring closure to that part of your it, life and and just that experience itself to move on? Yeah, it did. It did because at the time I was I was so angry because it was like you know when you know that you're lying. And the other mm-hmm. person knows that you're lying, and you continue to stick with it. And it's like, oh, that just drove me nuts, and I just couldn't get it out of my head. So, mm-hmm. you know, once 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 I was able to sit down and write that, then it's like, okay, now I can release. Let it go. <laughs> you know. Okay. All right. Excellent. Now I'm on SoundCloud. I'm going to ask you because I see some music here. Um, I see something that says the Good Life OG Kali Blue featuring Dutch. Uh-huh. That is definitely, and it says Fam Life Movement? Yes. Okay. Yes. What I'm going to do is attempt to play this for our listening audience. Oh, gee, okay. Empty double, empty double, my nigga, my nigga. I'm going to kick back and groove a little bit, my nigga, my nigga. 
back and floss a little something. You know what I'm talking about? I ain't trying to go too hard on this one. I want something to get like
about the one we just heard. Now, okay. that one was entitled People Say, correct? No, that was entitled uh, The Good Life. People say oh, The Good Life. The Good Life. Yeah. I'm sorry. The Good Life. Um, my question is, who's featured out of your family on that track? That is my nephew, Dutch. Okay. And he actually does all our our production work on all our music and everything. Okay. All right. Well, I must say I thought that um, the sound quality was superb. I could make out the lyrics very. Uh, they were they were clear. The message I thought did not get lost in translation or in the music. The music didn't overpower the words. I thought that um, it was a nice delivery. And I felt that the artists featured, they were true to, you know, their craft, and they weren't trying to sound like Eminem or um, any other artists out there. They were, you know, they had their own original voice. And I always like to to encourage any artist, especially when they're new and uprising, new and coming up, to be true to yourself. Don't try to sound like another artist who you feel has made it or has arrived. You have your own voice. Discover your own voice and capitalize on it. Exactly. I made a meme one time that said it had a picture of Future, which I'm not, you know, trying to diss Future anything. I like his music. But what I mm-hmm. said on there's no Future in trying to sound like Future. Mm. All right, I like that. That's poetic right there, poetic justice. Thank you. Mhm. Very, very key, very key. For every artist out there, I hope that you heard what was just said to you and me because that was profound, that was definitely gold, and that was definitely silver, and that was definitely tanzanite and rubies and diamonds, all of the precious jewels that exist in our world today. That was the profound uh, uh, goodness of divine order, okay? Wisdom comes from above, and I have to say, we, we just got dumped on by a brother that wanted us to know uh, what's really truth. And especially for us as artists, we need to stick to what's the truth about us, Um we need to be true when it comes to the stories we tell. 
because I believe that every artist is um, innate. It's innate in you as an artist to tell a story. Um, However, you decide whether you're going to be a storyteller of the truth or not. And I think that when we tell the truth, we're best heard, and that's when people will become acquainted with our honest soul. And honesty is always the best policy in business in general. You don't want to put an image out there that you're something that you're not because somebody's going to test you. One day they're going to say, hey, you say all this stuff, you know, is this real? You know, do you really did that? You know, and then you're going to look really, really dumb (laughs) when you can't measure up to that truth, you know. And that's one thing I always said about the gangster music that they have out nowadays. It's like, you know, California, you know, California, Chicago, they're the two biggest you know, that's crazy with this. And these type of people can look right through you. You know what I mean? They don't have to say anything to you. They can look right through you and say, oh, no, he ain't about all that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like your actions also speak volumes. Mm, I heard that. Your actions also speak volumes. That's so significant. We We need to know that. I think a lot of times people think they can hide behind words and and you know get people to think what they want them to think but even the master manipulators can't fool a person who is very clever or shrewd because they're going to pick every detail apart and they're going to say wait a minute something's yeah. just not adding up here you know right. Right. this person is just wearing a mask they're wearing a suit you know it's not really who they are so just be yourself you know art as an artist Really, I think any true artist wants to be who they are. They want to be accepted for who they are. Um, and they'll go to great lengths for that to happen if they're a true artist. Then you have those persons, I like to call them stage maggots. <laughs> they just, you know, they ain't, they, you know, they ain't got nothing. It ain't no substance to, to, to what they do. As a matter of fact, they repackage. Somebody else, you know, for the most part, they're uh, imitated, yeah. you know. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> I say that about all the guys that now come out sounding like Rich Homie Quan. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, there's a few of them. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, wait a minute now. I mean, you know, and you in the game, but how long are you going to last? Mm. You know, how, how long are you going to last? That longevity, that's a hard word in this game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I mean, if you're not, if you don't have, like you said, that substance, you know, where some people can really eat and feel full off what you do, it, yeah. it, it, eventually it's just, it's not, it's going to fade out. I I agree with that. I agree with that. It's just like, you know, anything that's that's fake or plated. You know, you got gold and then you got gold plated. After a while, that gold plate start wearing off. It starts chipping. <laughs> And somebody going to see the chips and, and the fading, and they're going to be like, well, that ain't the real deal. That ain't, you know, yeah. you got some plated gold on there. <laughs> in that light, they watch you ten times more than they watch someone who's not in the light. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like, you know, you have that microscope on you. That's why everything that me and my label and my family, what we try to do is, like, if you hear our songs, you won't hear none of us trying to sound alike. 
Okay. None of us trying to sound like someone else. Because mm-hmm. I think, like I told them, when we do a song, I want you to bring you into it. Because, you know, if you don't bring you into it, then the song doesn't feel right to me. You know what I mean? Because mm. everything that, that, that I see in life, everything I've done in life, everything I went through in life, everything I've felt in life, everything is going into that music. That's right. So that's what I want from everybody that's on my label and working on my team. So once they got that in their head, which they was never, like, really trying to sound like anyone else anyway, but I just want to just let them know that, you know, mm-hmm. put what you feel on there. And, and like I tell them all the time, put your heart and your soul into it because that's what makes music music, you know? That's true. Yes, indeed. Heart and soul. Well, I think I found that that track you were uh, mentioning to me about. It's it's I Get Lifted. Is that the one? Yes. Okay. We're going to listen, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to hear I Get Lifted. Got to speak my mind, my nigga. Get lifted. Your 
my nigga, I gotta get in this Y'all gotta hear me though. Yeah, lift it like. Hmm. Okay, that was I Get Lifted by OG Collie Blue. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you enjoyed it just as much as I did because I truly did. Um, I'm going to ask a very, 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 very bold. That's what I have to say about the lyrics of that one. Um... What birthed that piece? Because I know that piece was birthed. It was so much said in that piece, I Get Lifted. Um, you touched on so many aspects of living, um, the struggle, which is real, um, how we have to fight, and it's a war, you know, and uh, our souls. Uh, being weighed in a balance, you know, we know the devil wants our soul and the almighty wants our soul. Um, you brought out so many truths in that piece. What or when, what what time in your life, what era were you in when that piece was birthed? That's, that's what I'm going to ask. What era was it? It's basically from a lot of different... It's from from when my mother was murdered. I used to have a lot of nightmares. Mm, mm-hmm. um, so that's one thing, you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. it's, it's like I, I I just had nothing but I mean for years I just had nightmares and nightmares. I just couldn't let it go. And it was like uh, me and my wife was talking one time. You know? She had asked me why can't I let it go, and I just told her, you know what, it's it's, just, it's easier said than done. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, do you want to talk about it? And I'm like, for me, talking does nothing. You know mm. what I'm saying? It just it, it doesn't do anything. To me. I have to either, either either I have to write it down on paper or put it in a song or, or just pray about it. But talking just doesn't help me. So it's kind of like I was part of the song as well because she was like, well, why don't you talk about it? Like she's trying to mm-hmm. like pull it out of me. And I'm like, it just doesn't help me, you know? And, mm. So that was a part of it. And it's like, you know, you go through things where life can take you through all type of things. And it's like, you know, you have to find a way to lift yourself up when, you, when you're down. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes people are not there to lift you up. You have to do it yourself, you know. And you just have That's to find right. a way to do it, you know. So, so um, a guy sent me the beat that already had the hook on it. And mm-hmm. once I heard it, that was the song right there. Mm. Yeah, I I appreciate that hook. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna have to hold myself back because the music will stop, and I'm gonna keep that hook going. And Isaiah gonna be like, friend, friend. <laughs> I was feeling that. I said, okay, I can see why you told me I need to hear this one. Yeah, I I loved it. I loved it. I loved how raw and real you were. You were bold with the truth with that piece. I really love that. Um, I posted um, the link as well on the events page, and I'm going to post it on the Exceptional Scribble Show fan page so anyone can visit and hear all of the music that is available on SoundCloud. Because I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, it's good. It's talent, it's art, and it's raw, and it's authentic. You're not going to hear it someplace else. You're going to hear it 
from Kali Blue only. They have their own original vibe, sound, music. You you just not going to it's 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 not being heard or produced by somebody else. Uh, so if you can appreciate raw, authentic art in its raw form, you need to invest in Kali Blue music. And definitely when is the music also available for downloading on iTunes yet or uh, CD Baby? It's not available for downloading quite yet. Uh, we're working on um, actually working on our own website so that we can be able to let everyone download it from our own website. Oh, okay. Excellent. Yeah, we, we're working on that right now as we speak. Um, there's mm-hmm. also another song. Um, it's called Ghetto Souls, and it basically talks about how, um, you know, a young girl, she's, she's her father's in prison and uh, her mother's on drugs, and, you know, she lives an abusive, abusive life, and she mm. wants to get out of that life. So she, you know, every, 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 mostly everybody's thing was to, go to Hollywood and be an actress or an actor, right? So, right. like, I tell the story of her um, finally getting out of her her home where her mama was and finally making it to Hollywood only to fail. And mm. it's, it's, it's basically a true story of, of not anyone that I've known, mm-hmm. but it's a true story of a lot of stories that I've heard of people right, who exactly. to make it. So I just I just wanted to put that out there for anybody who wants to check that out. Okay. And that's Lost Ghetto Souls? Yes. Okay. You know what? I'm going to play that, and then after that we have we have to wrap up this segment of the show because we're going to go into our publishing tips hours, and I'm going to uh, give you the time to uh, pull the plug for Kylie Blue or anyone that would like to reach out and communicate and correspond with you post tonight's interview, we'll be able to do so. Okay, great. Okay, so we're going to hear Lost Ghetto Souls. Crack queen, going out to methamphetamine. It's crazy how. 
life, you fuck up a nigga's dreams. Especially when you out there grinding for better things. It's fucked up when you find out it ain't what it seems. Sitting back reminiscent of how mama was a fiend. Oh shit, goddamn, I'm doing the same thing. She can't forget her mama had the same dream. Wow, wow. A sad outcome. A sad reality. It's real. It's real. Um, I like it. I like that none of the tracks sound alike. I mean, Kylie Blue, of course, you have your sound, so I know it's Kylie Blue I'm listening to, but they're all unique. Definitely. Definitely. Yes, the music, the artistry, the descriptive language, um, the storytelling, the vibe, the flow, the energy. You know what I'm saying? I love and appreciate that about Kylie Blue Entertainment. And with that being said, I'm just going to say, you know I got to have you come back. I'm definitely going to be in touch with you after tonight to schedule your next visit, we have to have you do a return show. Um, okay. There were some artists that wanted to call in. They weren't able to do so, and they already let me know. Fran, make sure you have him come back because we definitely want to hear some more of Polly Blue. So I want to thank you, Master Artist Isaiah Ike Staley, for gracing the panel of the Exceptional Scribble Show tonight with your positive energy your blessings and your testimonials and just your artistry. I I do, I do appreciate the artistry that you have demonstrated and performed here on the panel of the Exceptional Scribble Show tonight. And I'm so very honored that I know this will not be your last time that we will have you in the spotlight. So I'm going to pass the mic on to you so that you can give everyone your contact information and how they can support Kylie Blue Entertainment's label. Because we know we gotta we gotta invest. If we wanna see Kylie Blue continue to grow, we gotta be that network and family in support and give that money up, right? Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. I love being on the show. I'm, 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 I'm definitely going to return. Um, but you know, for anyone who wants to hear our music, um, like I said, you can listen. You can go to SoundCloud. Um, we have a couple of pages. One is More Than Music Slash OC, and the other one is Fam Life Movement. You can find all our music on those two pages. Um, you can. Uh, I think if you're on a PC, we have some tracks that are, are that are, are downloadable. So you, can okay. those, so you can download those for free. Um, I don't think it's all of them as of yet. We have to uh, get back to that. Um, but uh, you can also find my poetry on Instagram on OG Cali Blue. Um, you can find uh, everything else that you want to find out about the label, including uh, if you want to know anything about the T-shirts, um, if you want to know when the CD is coming out, because we should be having that coming out real soon, when the mixtapes are coming out, because I have various artists that are trying to bring their mixtapes out as well. You can mm-hmm. find our, our page on Facebook, Cali Blue Entertainment, as well. You can also find me on Facebook, Isaiah Ike Staley Jr. Um, you can hit me up anytime, ask me any questions. I do chat and talk with my fans all the time. I love to do that. I love corresponding with and networking with people. And if you guys Wonderful. have anybody who 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 uh, 
who really want to be heard and, and, and um, you know, you think they, they got talent, um, you know, you can link them up to, with me and uh, we can see if we can do some work with them and possibly get some collabs out. You know, we, we, we are collabing with people. We're not trying to charge anybody anything. Our biggest thing is networking and connecting. So that's everything about Cali Blue. I mean, we love to network and connect with people. Um, you know, if you guys would like to hit us up about doing shows, anything like that, let us know. We definitely would love to come through and do shows. I would love to come through and do some poetry. Um, you can also find my mm-hmm. poetry um, on Instagram. I, I post it sometimes on Facebook. It hasn't been lately because I've been so busy doing other things, um, but okay. I will get back to that. Um, you can also ask, ask questions about the book. Keep me on point about my book because I'm, I'm, I'm so busy and I, I, I tend to lose track of what I'm doing. Um, yeah, but my, my book, um, I'm working on my book uh, called The Heart of Man, The Heart of Man, and okay. it's basically going to be poetry about what's in a man's heart, basically like what's mm. in my heart, you know, from I'm talking the good, the bad, the ugly, I write it all, you know what I mean, I, I ain't going to share That's the right. truth, I'd rather give you, give you the full than give you the half and, you know, give you the truth than give you the lie, you know what I mean, so okay. that's, that's, that's basically how I do it, um, um. And once again, thank you, Fran, for having me. I had to You're welcome. One thing I did not forget, I had this date on my calendar for the longest time, and I may have forgotten <laughs> anything else, but I didn't forget this one. <laughs> yes, I was very impressed because, I mean, it's been months since we scheduled yes. the dates. I, you know, when I send my reminders out, sometimes people are like, oh, yeah, that's right. Thank you so much for reminding me. So when you were like, oh, I had this date, Written down. I have not forgot. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was. I've been waiting for this one. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. And I have one question because I know there's some uh, one or some people out there that are probably um, with this question in mind. Now, I noticed the use of the word nigger, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to hear from you. How do you? Uh, Innately, meaning from within, how do you feel about using that word in your music? And when you do use it or when it's used by Kali Blue um, artists, in what way do you want for people that hear the word in use to receive it? If you can just kind of shed some light on that, and thank you. Well, basically... I use the word when I'm when I'm trying to speak to a certain core audience. You know what I mean? Okay. When I'm trying to speak to those who 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 use it as well, but I'm trying to speak to them in a way to the where they would want to listen to me rather than me going trying to talk like you know in a way that they won't understand. Me. You know what I mean? Right. So okay. If I, if, if I if I if I come to their level then I can bring them up to mind. You know what I mean? Okay. So that, that's my take on it. I don't, I don't enjoy using it, but there's a, when, when I'm trying to get a point across to a certain group of people, then I, I, I most definitely will use it. Okay. A lot of times my music is, um, from what I've been through in life, I'm giving you a story of what I've been through, mm-hmm. and then I'm trying to give them the story of how I came out of it. You know what I mean? So if I'm if if I'm at your level and I'm 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 getting you to understand me, now I'm bringing you up to my level to say, okay, well, if he can get out of it, then you know, so can I. Or if he can go through this, then so can I. You know, if this happened to him, 
and it happened to me too, and he didn't let it kill him, well, it's not going to kill me. You know what I mean? Okay. I hear you. Yeah, because I, I said, let me um, ask, because I'm sure there's someone out there that probably has this question in mind and is wondering about uh, what what is his sentiment with the use of that word, because some will use it and it's not meant in the same way that you're using it, right. um, as you're right. saying, you know, to reach a certain audience of people. Um, so... Uh, have you ever had anyone to uh, confront you and to say to you, uh, point blank, I don't like you using that word in your music. Can you not use it in your music? No, I haven't. I've had exactly the opposite happen. Okay. Uh, to where um, I've had I've actually had a, uh, an older lady. Her son was like 16 at the time. Mm-hmm. And she was listening to my song along with him. And mm. she actually, when she turned the song off, when she was listening to I Get Lifted, and she turned the song off and she said, wow, did you actually go through these things? And I said, yes, I went through these things. And that's why I put it on, you know, put it on my, put it in my music the way I put it in my music. And I was explaining to her why, you know, I say the things I say in the way I say what I say. And she said, you know, well, well, I commend you because um, it allowed me to think in a different way. You know what I'm saying? So once once, once she told me that, then I was like, okay, well, cool. You know, because I thought she was going to be like, well, you know, angry at, at, the, at, the, at the, you know, the words I was saying. But she actually took it in a positive way and she looked at her son and she said, well, you see, he used the word, but he's trying to talk to people your age. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. she said, I commend him on that. So, you know. Okay. Well, thanks again for all of your, uh, I tell you, you gave us a lot here tonight, your testimonial and so much more uh, insight as to what an artist truly should should be about as an artist. Um, and I commend you on doing just that. You are truly a true artist. You are true to your craft. And um, much success to you and Kali Blue Entertainment and all of the artists that make up Kali Blue Entertainment. But truly, your sound is unique and your vibe and flow is authentic. And as long as you keep it right there, I know that you're going to go far and do outstanding and be very successful uh, because this is something that we're not getting. It, it, we get a lot of repackaged art, which is just a, a carbon copy of another artist by right. a different artist. <laughs> you know, exactly. it's just repackaged. <laughs> yep, exactly. um, so we can appreciate when we hear something and it's crisp and it's fresh and it's authentic and it's raw and it's not something that we heard already. That's Good. <laughs> That's what I call some good sounds to listen to or some good art to look at and to be entreated by and entertained by. So keep on the path that you're on. Um, we're definitely going to have you back. We look forward to your return, and um, we're going to be supporting. 
Holly Blue Entertainment for sure. Well, I definitely appreciate it once again. I thank you for having me on. You're welcome. And I'm going to ask my co-host, she has joined the panel. She's the facilitator for the Publishing Tips Hour, Queens of Port Thelma. I'm going to ask her um, at this time to speak and if she has questions or maybe just comments for you uh, to direct them to your attention. Welcome, Queens of Port Queen Zipporah, are you there? Welcome, Queen Zipporah. Okay, I'm not getting any sound. I'm not sure. Queen Zipporah? Queen Zipporah, are you still there? Okay, she's probably having some... Uh, technical difficulties. So um, thanks again, uh, Isaiah. And as always, you are more than welcome to grace the panel of the Exceptional School Show. Even if you just want to call in and update us as to any special events, know that you can use this panel to promote any upcoming events. You can call into the show and just make your announcement, make a public announcement, and let all the listeners know that you're performing at such and such on this upcoming week, and uh, we would be more than honored to have you to do just that. And we'll promote, of course, on the exception, the Exceptional Scribble Show fan page. We will promote Collie Blue Entertainment events. So feel free to post, and we will definitely repost and and uh, make sure that we keep the information pinned so anyone that visits will know what's going on with Collie Blue. Okay? Great. Thank you. You're very welcome, and thank you. All right. Good. All right. All right. right. Queen Fran, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. We weren't able to hear you before. Did you have something to say to uh, uh, Master Artist Isaiah before he leaves us? Uh, No, I didn't, but hello, Mr. Isaiah. How are you? Okay, so he he had to leave, but listen, I'm going to post uh, information so you'll be able to see uh, where you can visit to hear some of the artistry of Kali Blue or just to review uh, commentary. Of course, you know I'll have the archives link posted on tomorrow. All right. Okay. Um, I did have a message from, I believe it was Kevin Smith, and uh-huh. he hadn't visited us for a while, but he wanted us to know that he is still supporting the show. Um, he had to leave a little earlier than expected, but he will be returning, and he's looking forward to hearing all of what you have to share tonight as for the publishing tips. So the mic is now in the hands of my wonderful, avid reader, and avid scribbler, co-host, Queen Zipporah Bellman. Thank you, Queen Fran, and hello to everyone listening to episode episode 72 of Exceptional Scribble on Tuesday, September 1st, 2015. I am Queen Zipporah Bellman, who who is the publishing facilitator. And tonight, I have four writing tips, and two articles. 
Our first of the tips. One, more ideas will come after a manuscript is finished. Therefore, write them down and put in later. And write them down, excuse me, put in later and continue with the next story. Hmm. Number two, read different fiction and nonfiction genres. Number three, literature is everywhere. And number four, there are books that have grammatical errors. Hmm. Now that last uh that last statement really got my attention. There are books that have grammatical errors. A lot of times I think people have this impression that because something is released and published and available to the public, that it is infallible. Would you like to shed light on that? I would like to say that from my experience in reading books, mm-hmm. I find myself, you know, correcting my copies. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, even though your book is well written, it's going to have, you know, errors despite mm-hmm. copy editing because you can't, you know, catch every little thing. Right. So, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you that don't already know this, please heed to the information because it is a fact. There is no perfect published book. No matter where in the world you go, there is no perfect or grammatical error-free published book. You're going to find a typo. You're going to find a misplaced noun or misspelled noun or misplaced adverb, adjective. Something's going to be out of place. Why? Because to err is human. To forgive is divine. So let us not forget that. I think sometimes we have this impression that, you know, once a work goes through a syndicate, goes through a press and it's released, that it is going to have nothing wrong with it. But that's not the case. And that's why we find that there's more than one addition to literature. There's and abridged, unabridged, there's a first edition, second edition. Usually with each new edition, the next edition is supposed to be more refined as for the uh, language. So that is to let us know, to teach us even as writers, don't discount your worth just because of a few errors. As long as the print and text can be interpreted, it's not a failed attempt. So we need to keep that in mind. And always remember, there's a book for all seasons. So just because your book 
It's not acquiring the notoriety or the fame or the success that you feel that it should at a specific time does not mean that it won't at the right time. So we need to learn patience, and we need to acquire more diligence as artists. Queens of Pura, I know you have some more information, so I'm going to pass the mic back into your hands. Yes, I do. I was just waiting until you were finished talking, Queen Fran. All right, so my uh, first article is from writersdigest.com, and it's titled 10 Rules of Writing a Novel by Guest Column, August 27, 2015. As you may have read, while surreptitiously, which means done, made, or acquired by stealth, checking your tweet stream at a client meeting last week, a former advertising copywriter is among five Americans who made it onto the long list for a big Bothell Literary Prize, the man Booker. Joshua Ferris is listed for his latest novel, which is about a New York dentist, but what launched him out of a copywriter's cubicle was his first novel published in 2007, a satire of the American workplace set in an ad agency and written in first-person plural, a form until then employed almost exclusively by corporate spokesheads. This guest post is by Helen Klein Voss. Ross is the author of the popular Making It. Her fiction and poetry has been published in the New Yorker, the New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, Story Quarterly, and other journals and anthologies. She won the Iowa Review Award in Poetry, Mid-American Review's Fine Line Competition, was a finalist for the Lexi <laughs> First Book Prize, and was nominated for a Pushcart Prize. Like DeLillo and Ferris, she is a veteran of advertising and spent many years at global ad agencies in San Francisco and New York City. Ellen created the award-winning ad blog, AdBroad, in 2007. Her fictional Twitter handle, at Betty Draper, has earned press coverage in Time and the Wall Street Journal, a Shorty Award for Innovation, and 35,000-plus followers. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. All right, go ahead. I was going to answer the question, but you're still reading, so I'd rather you continue till completion. All right. right. If you haven't read, then we came to the end. I envy you rollicking hours of unspent reading pleasure, but I'm not here to sell more books for Ferris. I'm here to talk about how he and other former writers of copy, Don DeLillo, Salmon Rushdie, Dorothy Sayers, managed to become writers whose work gets in the running for awards besides Clio, Clio. There are lots of lists out there for how to be a writer, but most things for newly minted MFA grads trying to keep up spirits and output in the sudden absence of grades and semester deadlines. I'm not one of them, 
I'm one of you. Here are a few things I learned along the way to writing a novel between sense as a copywriter. One, make the time. You say you want to write a book or screenplay or long form, something else besides advertising, and mean to do it as soon as decks are cleared, weight is cleared, or whatever other lame metaphor you settle for, even though you're a writer. You mean to stop using lame metaphors as soon as you get your ducks in the well. Guess what? Those, guess what? Those decks, weight, ducks, will never arrange themselves in a way conducive, which means conducive, which means tending to help or promote. So you're waking up one morning and discovering, hey, you're only the man that day is to follow your muse. You don't get time to write. You make time to write. You get up early so you can get in a couple of pages before work. So you skip drinks, meetings, or real-time TV and sit in front of a keyboard instead, even if everything you type in seems to be direct. Which brings me to number two, don't wait for inspiration. You know how your friends outside the business think you get ideas in the shower or by meditating peacefully until a new slant enlightenment, depositing an award-winning concept full-blown in your brain? Writing a novel is more about perspiration than inspiration and usually involves as much discovery for the writer as it does for the reader. I write to know what I think, said Joan Didion. Writing long form is a journey, a process you can't embark upon until you put your hands on a keyboard. Chuck mm-hmm. Close said, inspiration is for amateurs. <clears throat> the rest of us just show up and get to work. Number three, mm-hmm. tell the truth. I know, I know, you already do. We've come a long way from the days when writing ads, copy, involved outright lying. There are laws these days against loading soup bowls with marbles to make Mindstrom appear thicker or doctors recommending brands of cigarettes, but that doesn't mean when we copywriters sit down to write, our foremost intention is to tell the truth. We imply, we mislead, we employ slaves of hand to distract readers from the fact that products made by companies our paychecks depend on don't do what customers hope they will. We don't say diet drinks cause weight loss we say they, quote, help to, end quote, reduce weight. We don't claim that spin cranes prevent aging, but we can say they, quote, reduce the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles, end quote. Using word weasels is debatably fair game in selling products, but writing, real writing, isn't about tricking someone into believing you. It's about telling to the best of your ability what it is you believe yourself. To do, that, to do that, you have to know what you believe. You have to know what you think, and to do that, you have to give yourself time to think, which brings me to break. Let me see number four. Disconnect. Writing isn't about forward motion. It's about standing still. It's about silencing the voices of others so you can suss out your own. It's about shutting down, turning off, drooping out, closing out Facebook and Twitter, and getting off email for a short time at least on a regular basis to get rid of the noise and create that create the closest thing to silence we can achieve in this era of sharing. 
Freedom and self-control are two programs that will help. You can even program them like a set-ahead coffee maker to keep you off social media first thing in the morning when your mind is still in dream state and some think most foul, which means two has two meanings, plow but not planet, number two, dormant, not actively growing or functioning. Five, find me. You know how sometimes you'll do a favor for a friend and interview their kid-slash-niece-slash-godson who wants to work in creative or an ad agency? You'll look at their book and see they are totally clueless about what it takes to develop product campaigns. You'll tell them to hook up with people who know how to do it. You tell them to take your friend's class at SVA or, if their parents are loaded, to do a stint at one of the ad schools. Same thing with writing. The kind of writing you do every day for a paycheck isn't the same thing as the kind others do for no money at all. Mm. Seeking out the company of others, writing a story or novel or all to help them, poems will not only give you better perspective on your own creative efforts, but will provide necessary comradeship on a long, lonely road to publishing and beyond. And, oh, yes, six, read. If you're a writer, chances are you were a reader as a kid. Rediscover the pleasure of reading for pleasure, not research. Load up your backpack or Kindle app with books you've been meaning to get to for years. Download a book on Audible to listen to while commuting or working out. Just like with advertising, in order to get someplace different with your writing, you have to know where others have been. The good news is that because you're a writer, reading is tax deductible. Seven, listen. Aside from reading, observation is the most critical part of becoming a writer. Don't ignore the vast captive population at your disposal. Every day you go to work, you're entering a grand arena where our deepest hopes, fears, and passions are played out. Watch how people walk into a conference room. How do they walk? Who do they talk to? Who do they ignore? Each day in an office affords a thousand opportunities for observation necessary to write well. Take mental notes and keep a notebook. This can be handheld or virtual, moleskin, word file, or app. But make it a separate place from where you record client requests for grocery lists. John Updike kept two desks, one for writing fiction, one for reviews and answering mail. Remember that kind of mail? Different depositories encourage different trains of thought. Eight, write what interests you. Don't try to second-guess the market. Even agents and publishers don't know what will sell, although it's interesting to keep abreast of what they're looking for. One way to do this is by following tweets aggregated under a new hashtag number MSWL Manuscripts Wish List. And this is found at Novelicious.com spelled N-O-V-E-L I-C-I-O-U-S dot com. Back to the article number eight. 
But if people in publishing really know, really knew what would sell, the publishing business would be in better shape. Follow your gut. Write about what you find fascinating enough to sustain your own interest in it over the years it will take you to finish the book. Your own fascination in the subject is what will make others interested in it too. Nine, don't give up your day job. Forget about getting published for a while. Concentrate on writing the best work you can. Think advertising is a hard business to crack. Wait till you try publishing. Don't imagine any editor will be interested until you've got an agent. And no agent will be interested until you've got a complete manuscript. The average novel is about 85,000 words, about 340 pages. Way more than the average commercial or print ad. Stephen King, writing full-time, puts out 10 pages a day. If you committed to just a tenth of his output, you'd have a page a day. At the end of the year, you'd have a novel. But with advances being what they are these days, even if you sell one, you might not want to depend on checks from your agent to keep you afloat. Did I mention that advances don't come with health benefits? And I'd like to comment on number nine about don't give up your day job, about the average novel words. It's not the length of the book, but the quality on the pages that makes it successful. And 10, don't complain. No one is making you do this, so stop whining. Nobody cares if you're tired because you got up at 4.30 to have a quiet house to yourself to finish a chapter. The last thing the world thinks it needs is another novel, so don't speak of yours as if it's a sacrifice you're making for the good of humankind. Just mm-hmm. keep putting one word after another as often as you can until it is finished. Someday, the man booker might come after you. Man is the name of corporate sponsor, not an indicator of sex's exclusion. Although, hell, let's face it, the literary world can be as friggin' male-dominated as advertising as evidence in BIDA statistics. Since 1969, 30 men and 16 women have been Booker Prize winners. Of the 13 names on the long list this year, only three are women. The end of the article. Hmm. Hmm. That's a good article right there. I think it is one that will help a writer who is feeling as though their back is against the wall. Uh-huh. Their resources are running out. They've done everything they could do, and they're feeling a bit helpless, hopeless, and defenseless. Uh-huh. I think that's the article for them to read because it helps you to refocus, to put things in its right perspective, Remembering that even the best written novels, a lot of times, they, when they were in manuscript form, they were rejected by many before they became accepted by the right somebody. You, you have to be diligent. 
you can't quit if no one's seemingly interested in your product, in your book. You've got to stay interested. You've got to stay motivated. You've got to stay inspired. And you've got to become resourceful and think, well, I know I was sending my manuscript out to this particular uh, publisher or house or publishing company or agent, but you know what? I never considered this one. I never considered this particular group to uh, market my product or my book before. Um, I think I need to consider them. Sometimes it's just a matter of enlarging or broadening our perspective, broadening your horizon, opening up your mind and saying, you know what, there's some things I have not been considering. There's uh, there's some uh, agents out there that I know within a specific region maybe is outside of the states or your uh, state uh-huh. where you reside. Um, but you've got to be willing to venture out because sometimes you may not be well-received in your hometown, but when you go outside of your hometown or even when you go outside of your com- your country, you may mm-hmm. find that the literature that you produced is what they're looking for. Yes, Queen France, this is Queen Kapoor, and I like to comment on what you just said. And one time I was, you know, fearful about stepping outside of, you know, North America, mm-hmm. so submitting to other countries. Right. I felt that they would reject me because I was American and mostly, you know, people look at, you know, North America as being, you know, a big country with enough resources for everyone. So why is a an American native native American, you know, stepping outside mm-hmm. of the country and going, you know, to a different one? So very true. I, I agree with that. I think that we all tend to have that perception as citizens of this country. We tend to think that America is the self-sufficient superpower nation or, you know, this is the place. If you want to make it big, this is where you need to be. And we kind of get that impression and forget that um, you may get a break outside of North America. It may come outside of North America. It could be the Virgin Islands, the British Isles. It could be a lot of places, uh-huh. you know, and you got to be willing to take, you got to be daring. You uh-huh. you must be daring. If you're going to uh, really reach that level of success and that plateau of success where you know You've made it big. Sometimes it requires that. You've you got to go outside of your comfort zone. You've got to change from what is the norm for you. Sometimes you got to bend the rules and break them even. Yeah. I'm not trying to encourage anybody to do anything illegal that, that <laughs> will land you in jail. <laughs> right. But sometimes you got to do 
something unorthodox or mm-hmm. something unexpected or something unusual to get to where you need to get to. Yeah. And Queen Fran, you know, there's Queens of Poor again. And I am finding, you know, agencies outside of, you know, North America who are saying they are looking, you know, for American authors to represent. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, right now, this is the time. If you are a North American citizen, to consider outside country publishing companies outside of your country, that is, outside of North America, publishers and literary agents to market or to read your manuscript. And you got to be willing, you got to be willing to say, you know what, I'm not going to limit my success. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to stay within my comfort zone. I'm going to go outside of my comfort zone and take a chance. Why? Because that's what life consists of. Risk. Taking risks. Being smart. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you to be a fool. <laughs> and and just, you know, don't don't look and jump. <laughs> I would not tell anybody to do that. But do your homework, do your research, do your study, and then jump. Because there's a large ocean out there mm-hmm. for you to swim in. You don't have to be in a fishbowl all your life. <laughs> just going around in circles and, you know, like that goldfish is going around and going around and going around. And after a while, you look at the goldfish and it's like they look like they're stunned. You know, they they, they are cramped. They cramped their style. They, they you know, they're used to being in a pond and, you know, with more water. And we put them in a little bowl and to us... We're doing something right when we're feeding them, but we're actually taking them out of their element. And it's just like us as writers. If you're not doing what you know you're born to do, you're never going to be satisfied. You're never going to be content. And you're never going to reach that plateau and level of success that you can. So take that risk. I, I have a picture. It's a gold. It's a goldfish jumping out of one size fishbowl into another one, and, and the words "go for it." And mm-hmm. to me, that's so inspiring because sometimes you just got to do that. You know, you can't wait for a crowd to cheer you on. You got to make the move, and you got to say, "I know there's something bigger and better for me." And that's what it was. The goldfish was like, you know, I can't stay in this fishbowl all my life. I'm I'm going for the bigger. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that's how we have to think and we've got to yes, we've got to broaden our horizon in that regard and say, you know, North America, I love you, but hey, I'm ready to step foot on new soil. If it's going to take me places that I need to go and grow to, then I'm willing to do it. 
And a lot of artists are doing that. They're doing just that. Yeah. And have done just that. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. I think anything that's going to grow you when it comes to development and mastery, that's what you should strive for. Um, Right now, there's a lot of Americans that are moving to Africa. And there's a certain, I'm trying to think of where exactly in Africa, but some are doing it for business purposes. And others are doing it for real estate. Because there's a certain area and land and country where it's like a buyer's market. And people are buying property and having it developed. And they are, some renting it out and making a killing and getting a lot of wealthy people to either invest in it or to to rent it out as like a resort, but they're getting their money back double, if not triple. And I think that's smart. And just think, if they were, were to say, well, I'm just going to venture out and do real estate in North America, they would not have the success that they now have. So sometimes we do limit ourselves based on our geographical location and we've got to think bigger than just North America or the U.S. Yeah. We've got to and think Queen, world. <laughs> yeah. And I'm Queen Francis is Queen of Four and that's mm-hmm. what I've been doing casting my net you know, on Earth. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. And it starts with just your story plot. You've done it already with that story plot. Mm-hmm. It's a global consciousness and global perspective. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, yes, I'm not going to limit, you're not going to limit yourself mm-hmm. to just one continent because the characters in your story are not limited to just mm-hmm. originating from one continent. <laughs> you know, that's true. So you know, as artists, we evolve, we learn, we study, we travel, and we find out more things about life. That's one thing I appreciate about uh, the theme song of the Lion King, the Circle of Life, because it you know it, it spells that out. There's so much about life this thing called life, and you can't learn it all in seven lifetimes. (laughs) It's like you got to stay like a child where you're eager to learn because it's so much to learn. And just when you thought that you knew it all, it's due to the time you're fabergasted because you discover I know so little. There's always more to learn. Mm-hmm. And even when we're 100 years old, we'll still be saying, wow. And wow is the proof. When, when you use that expression, wow, that is the proof 
that something amazed you. Something stunned you. It stopped you in your tracks. It caught your eye. It made you wonder. It caused your mind to think above whatever you thought you already had known. And that's what I love about using that phrase because it's like, you know, some things in life we just have to say wow to. It's amazing. You don't really have an answer (laughs) for it. Yeah, Queen Fran, this is uh, Queen Zipporah. Can you repeat that last sentence of wow is the proof? It's oh. proof that something amazed you, caused your mind to think about something that you thought you knew? Yes. Yes, it causes our mind to think, whether we reflect, you know, it's reflective thinking, or just to consider something that was just newly introduced to us, meaning we did not know it already. Right. And it, it's a humbling uh it's a humbling thing because when something wows you, it just, it, it's like you realize how very finite your mind is and your understanding is and how there's so much more yet to discover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, uh, Queen Fran, Queens of Four. Uh, with the term, the word wow, that's what people have said when I tell them about my story's plot. Mm. There there were people that said that, yeah. That's a good thing. Because Mm -hmm. if you're wowing them, that means you're giving them something to consider. Mm -hmm. And when you give somebody something to consider, you win them. When you don't give them anything that they can ponder or anything that they can commit to memory, you lose them. So as an artist, as a literary artist and a writer and a scribbler and a scribe, that's your duty to wow your audience. Hold them captive. Make them ponder what it is that you're saying or, or the story that you're telling them. Make make them want to consider it. It has to be something worthwhile to them or they're not going to invest in it to want to hear it in its full and entirety. Mm-hmm. So that's the mission. You know, your story plot, you want it to wow your audience. Once you have done that much, you have done a lot. You have achieved greatness. Matter of fact, they're going to be telling somebody else Mm -hmm. about your story, your story plot. And, And that's when you know I succeeded. When I came to do, I... Like they're saying, I came, I saw, I conquered. You know you did well. <laughs> it was not wasted, a wasted effort or a lost cause. 
So with that being said, I just want to say to all the writers out there that have their manuscripts ready, push, push, push. Throw out. It's like a fisherman does. There's this big body of water. You put the bait on the hook. That's what you're doing with your story, your manuscript. And now you got to cast that line out. Throw it out. Throw it out as far as you can extend it. That means think big. Don't just think your hometown. Don't just think the East Coast if you reside on the East Coast. Think East and West, North and South. Don't just think within the states. Think Canada and then abroad. Mm -hmm. Think Alaska. Think Ireland, Scotland. Mm-hmm. Australia, go, go, go. Don't don't hinder yourself. Mm-hmm. People may laugh. They may ridicule you. They may say, oh, don't get big-headed. They may call you big-headed. <laughs> they may say your nose is in the, up in the air and you're not being realistic. Well, if that's the case, let them know. Well, I'm doing what I believe in and... Whether you agree with me or not, uh-huh. I'm passionate about this, so I'm going for it. And let them see your dust as you pursue progress, because that's the thing about progress. Everybody doesn't see where you're going, but it's important that you see where you're going, that you know where you're headed, because in so doing, you'll reach the mark. You'll get there. And that's what counts. Your arrival to your destiny. It's not how many people go there with you or how many people cheer you on. It's that you reached the goal. So I would say to anyone, if you feel passionate about it, and you have peace with doing it, pursue it. See where it takes you. Sometimes the fault is people aren't willing to see where it's going to take them. And that's just not safe. Mm Think about it. If you're in the sea and sharks are starting to swim where you are, you have two choices. Either you're going to get in a boat, and it's a speedboat, and take off, or you're going to stay in the water where you are, and the sharks are going to get you. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. to become shark food <laughs> when you can get in a speedboat and take off. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we we hinder our own selves because we feel as though, well, I'm comfortable. I just want to deal with 
publishers and agents within the states. I feel that I just want to um, have an American uh, mm-hmm. company to publish my book, so I'm just going to look and see what's available on the East Coast, the West Coast, um, the Southern Tip, all, you know, Florida and Southern States, and then go upstate, upstate New York, and then maybe Rhode Island, Maine, and possibly Canada. Well, if you're going to go all those places, you might as well think global and see how many publishers out there you can possibly reach within a year and set a goal each month you want to cover a certain landmass or a certain continent. And then at the end of the year, mark your progress. Go over it and say, wow, I reached this company, I reached this publisher, this publishing house, and these are the things they said about my work. So Mm -hmm. that should build confidence in you, and that should be encouragement for you to keep going. Mm-hmm. Don't stop. You're on a roll now. Mm-hmm. You're covering a lot of territory. You're touching a lot of bases. <laughs> You're closer than a lot of people would even consider. Mm-hmm. So don't stop now. It's like, you know, don't let anything break your stride. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. It's just a matter of time and us venturing out and networking and reaching the right place. Being at the right place mm-hmm. at the right time is everything. Yeah. And I sometimes agree. it's not our home. Mm-hmm. Queen Fran, this is Queen of Forest I am signing off now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so very much for the publishing tips. And, of course, we look forward to hearing from you even more on next week. And thanks again. Uh, it was all good information, resourceful, and I'm sure someone knows better now um, something more about publishing, yeah. which will help them on their journey. Yes, and this uh, article that I read, I had uh, I was reading it and I found it to be you know very resourceful. If I chose to read it tonight, and mm-hmm. my second article yeah, that I'm planning to I'll try to get to that you know next Tuesday. Wonderful, excellent. Well, thanks again, Queen Zipporah, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, tune in on next week. On next week, which is September eighth, we have Scott Young, who's going to join us. He will be the Spotlight Feature Artist, and our topic is going to be the art of wordplay, and the focus word is wordsmith, and truly, Scott Young is a wordsmith with his word for the day. (laughs) (laughs) So we're looking forward to next week. It's going to be a wonderful time had by all. Thanks again, Queen Zipporah. Thanks. You're welcome, Queen Fran, and good night to everyone listening to Exceptional Scribble in Radio Land. This is Queen Zipporah Dalman signing off. Until next time.
Okay, until next time. Thanks again, Queen Zipporah. You're welcome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, this is the hour of hearing poetry. Uh, it's now 11.09, and we're winding down. This is a countdown. This is a countdown. So during countdown mode, what we do is we have a poet on the mic to spit poetry. And lo and behold, I'm very honored to say I must be the chosen one tonight. Yes, yes, yes. And to my surprise... I'm ready. I have a piece. And it's original. It's entitled The Sonar Eclipse. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to listen, tune in, and hear the good vibrations coming forth from Sage, the poet. Oh, yeah. The Sonar Eclipse. His moon... Glow attracted her galaxy, drawing her more close to Earth than the stars should ever be. This caused Earth to rock and reel, and the very moon, too. The moon and the galaxy became so interwoven that time lacked. For a full day, making the calendar a day delayed. Truly light and love encompasses fate, while destiny awaits as each riptide unfolds. Boundless seeds of promise and profound currents as the sea interchanges with humanity. A honest proposal for world peace. The seabed grants renewal only to those who choose to be. The moon vibrates and the galaxy gyrates. Falling stars are the seed from the copulation. This is evidence that the moon's spawns have emerged from the womb of the galaxy. The earth bore strange fruit, tempered by an odd anomaly. It was a nuisance at first to see. Suckled offspring with no utter charm and wit. Yet natives of the celestial sphere? Sometimes the queer becomes the unclear and the clear becomes the unknown for sake of serendipity. We need not try to venture beyond the limits of the borders we can see, lest we copulate with death. And the reaping we seed and plant becomes the untimely fruit, born too soon and gone too soon. Rams skip when lions dance, and lambs play where the snake pit is filled with dirt. When we can't see the omens, we are destined to dirt. 
and will not cry, for we sing of hopes we believe in. Although we aim too high and the deeper we plunge into fate's pool, the more dry the well of prosperity becomes. Our hands are very sore, cut and bleeding, because we have torn our wounds open to conceive unlawful seeds. The crow and the fish were never ordained to be. So why do we fraternize with the enemy? Jupiter is turning red. And Mars is changing its color to white. The white Martian is the undead. And the red-skinned Jupiter native has a broken bow. Nothing good comes without a struggle. All cycles of life have proven so. We cement our kisses to the glass sea and hope that eternity will reciprocate and plant its love within our skin. However, all we can grasp or embody becomes a digital chip, the crit and silence. That piece is entitled The Sonar Eclipse. A poem written by Francine Elizabeth Natal, otherwise known as Fran, the sage poet. Well, poetry comes from the soul. It's beyond the mind's limits. It goes deep. Although the heart and mind are very active when poetic expression is produced, conceived, born, created, invented, poetry is a product of the soul. And those who are soulful know and understand that fact. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you were inspired from tonight's broadcast. The Exceptional Scribble Show came to you live on Tuesday night, September the 1st. We started a little later in the evening than 8 p.m., on the mark, I think we started at about 8.15. We came live, and master artist Isaiah Ike Staley from the West Coast, I believe Fresno, California, he joined us tonight, and I tell you, Kali Blue Entertainment, which is he is the brainchild of, um, he shared with us how that name was chosen. And let it be known, ladies and gentlemen, 
We all have a name. We all have a purpose. We all have a mission in life. And if we're willing, if we're willing to pursue our destiny, we will fulfill our mission. This is not just borrowed time. This is your life every second. As you breathe in, breathe out, I know my purpose. I know my name. Breathe in integrity and dignity. Hold your breath for a series of three seconds. And as you hold your breath, declare with every breath held, I am purposed to succeed. I know my destiny. Positive affirmations are essential in order to advance, in order to move forward. You must be positive in your thinking and in your efforts. Know that you are more than who and what you have become. Your ancestors knew it, and so they suffered, and they bled, and they died. They paved the way for you to find your way. And with that being said, I must now decrease and declare the Almighty, my Heavenly Father, the author and the finisher of my life, my faith, my hope. I must declare him as my creator, my maker, and the source from which I do gain the strength to achieve greatness. I will fulfill my destiny. And yes, Art has helped me in many ways to declare my name. There is a beginning to your ending, ladies and gentlemen. Make certain that you never settle for less than being blessed. And I'm going to find a nightcap poem for everyone, something to help you sleep. Yes, have pleasant dreams and peaceful evening tides. I know I have something here. Bear with me. And this piece is entitled, Listen. Listen to the wise ones, the masters, the elders, and the village chieftains. Hear their words 
allow them to speak. Let their ancient proverbs revert your thinking to the time when everything was honest and sincere. Nothing was vain or insubordinate. The era of natural magnificence, when all of nature was good constantly, and everyone was good innately. The very air was clean. Listen to the winds and the waters. They speak aloud of vengeance of the heavens upon the earth for its backslidings, which have unearthed the curse. Hear the words, the prayers of wrath that are uttered daily as the lightning flashes They appear like thunder, and the rains are mere drops of blood falling to the earth after rumors of wars. Once recycled, it becomes a life source that cleanses and replenishes earth. Listen to the sages of the ages, the mighty men and the women of valor, the kings and queens that kept us alive during the dark ages, when we were hunted down like wild dogs and even skinned alive and eaten or made into alligator bait for the soulless men and women to savor as their delicate sin. Heed to their warnings, young and old, for they foretold of the tragic days we have witnessed. They forewarned of the adversity that would manifest, and they declared judgment would be our portion if we forsook the law and consulted with the devil instead of Yahweh. Our hands are become weary because we forgot to pray, and our hearts are become heavy because we neglect our own flesh. We hate our brother and dishonor our fathers and mothers. That's why the world is dying daily. We are become the living dead. Sacrifices are all vain when our oaths are not followed up with actions. We waste time and energy when we cry and resist change. Our efforts are no longer positive in that we engage in deeds that are counterproductive. And then we pray to the wind to blow away the debris and make it non-existent. Who are we kidding? Whenever we sow in rage, we will reap a rage. Seven. Our hearts must change and our spirits must too. We must abandon pride and embrace healthy self esteem. In so doing, our perceptions change and the way we were will not become the way we are. In the center of adversity, there is hope. The challenges we incur build character, good character, endurance within us. If we believe that we are worthy to give and to receive love, our enemies will acknowledge such and leave us alone. 
realizing they are already fighting a losing battle because you can't beat a person when they know how to win and their actions execute victory. Listen to the wise counselors, teachers, preachers, ministers of light, caregivers, caretakers, sisters and brothers of light. Heed to their wise counsel and make their advice a daily meditation. We can save each other from many sorrows if we are willing to repent. If we take the time to be a more astute leader and we are learning from our elders, we can fix our own broken lies. The mailman delivers the mail daily, except on Sunday. But if we never open the mail, then our payment is never received. And so we go through life disgusted and mad at everyone for our own misgivings. It's time to hear the wisdom of the sages of the ages without their advice and guidance. Where will we allude to? We will be a doomed generation of people with no defense against a natural predator and a culprit of lack of understanding, an enemy of the state and a bastard. We must fight against what fights us and defend ourselves against the adversaries that do arise to bring us down. In wisdom, our plans will be critically acclaimed. We will discern what we did right as well as what we did wrong. We must open our eyes to truth and make the good our path to righteousness. When we cleave to the good things, we will be the good thing. And such we live and life becomes our destiny. We don't have time to die. And that is that piece. That piece again is entitled, Listen, a tribute to our ancestors by Fran, the sage poet. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I do hope that you are inspired to inspire others. And for now, I must say au revoir. This is good night, Bonnie Nui. And I do bid all Yahweh speed, good health, and may you find that on tomorrow you rise but with clarity of vision, discerning your path, knowing you're chosen, embracing your destiny. Peace and blessings to all. Have a good night.